beyond science, beyond sanity, beyond control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would call it a one-timer, but I've actually seen it many times. It, it's... <laughs> <laughs> when you lose your love, <laughs> it makes your life turn cold. When it tears you apart, oh, <laughs> your heart and soul just can't go on. happening sir not much man how's it going pretty good pretty good coming to you today from my office <laughs> we'll leave it at that no wait <laughs> oh, just, yeah i don't yeah. mind saying who i am but maybe <clears throat> maybe that's enough to well let me back up a second <laughs> so, <clears throat> plausible deniability plausible yeah. deniability <laughs> okay so you asked me how it was uh i am good <laughs> Uh, come, come, come ah. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. we are off to a fantastic start this yeah. is amazing wow okay amazing i'm leaving all this in now but yeah because so i'm trying to say that i'm i'm podcasting today from my office slash video suite at my my day job and it's only 4 30 here so hopefully i'll have uh even more energy because of the the uh, early hour but how, how are yeah, you i was thinking though because <laughs> I, I am fantastic i was thinking about that like we're gonna have a, like of course we will have the energy like to maintain through the whole thing i felt like the last episode i was just like the last half hour i was like dragging ass oh, which was, is good well i was in maximum it. overdrive i think so <laughs> oh man oh that's so that's a great that's a great reference that's spectacular i was uh, a to keep talking about that one all night <laughs> But we have no booze. I, like, there's going to be no booze because it's earlier, you know. So that might uh, that might change the dynamic a little bit. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll see. Uh, Our first couple, we, we didn't have any either, and they're that first one especially was still tons of fun. <laughs> oh man, they're they're they've all been fun. They've all been a good time. So I still have to uh, upload the my audio for the last one for you i'm sorry i haven't done that yet oh that's okay i, I, I was i took some uh the bride and i went up north to northern minnesota for several days of actually just like doing nothing vacation which was amazing and, and rare and i didn't do any kind of projects i just read my bruce springsteen book and and uh well i started to watch beyond the black rainbow up there and ultimately finished it back here but yeah i wouldn't have i don't think i would have gotten to it so oh that's good Good, good, good. What have you been up to? Uh, not much. Just uh, plugging through. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, my life is so boring. <laughs> I uh, I interviewed uh, again for that job. I went up to Columbus and and actually had a face to face interview with them. Whoa, which that's is, a good sign, right? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So um, I have a pretty good friend who is who works for that company that's my in with them. Um, so 
part of me wonders if it's just like a courtesy because they want to be respectful to one of their team members, you know. Um, mm. But then also, though, I think they they are really excited about some of the stuff that I've done. And uh, it was like a rigorous day of interviewing. Like I, I interviewed for a half an hour with uh, who would be my team manager and her boss and then interviewed with like three team members where that that part was really nice because they basically just answered my questions they didn't really grill me um and then i had a like a, a live meeting over the internet like this basically uh with two additional team members and that was like that was treacherous. Like they just zeroed right in on my weaknesses and uh, kind of centered around those for the whole half hour. And like, oh, uh, and I'm just like, when it was all done, I was like, you know, I'm, there's obviously some, you know, some, in, I have some inexperience that you're looking for on this team. And they're like, well, but I was like, I just want you to know, like, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to, to work through those. And they're like, oh, we didn't scare you off. And I was like, no, like you didn't scare me off. So that was reassuring that it wasn't. They just it, I really got the feeling they wanted me to make sure I knew what I was getting into as opposed to these are. You don't you don't have this experience, so we don't want you on this in this role. So uh, that's promising. That's definitely promising. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Did but, they give you uh, a sense of when you'd hear from them? Uh, the one like, well, the, when I had my, I had a phone interview, uh, like two weeks ago and she said, just so you know, this is going to be a long hiring process. So there's not going to be any, like, even if you came in tomorrow and we were like, this is a go, it would still take forever. So just so you're aware of that. And I was like, okay. And then the one guy said it was like a month after his interview, he didn't hear anything for a month. And then they just called him and said, hey, we want to offer you a job and this is how much we want to pay you. And I was like, well, that's reassuring. I won't sit there and fret and the, uh, you know, for that month while I'm waiting to hear if I know it takes that long. And the other guy who was a part of that interview looked at me and he's like, I wouldn't fret too much anyways. And so that was reassuring. Like oh, that was yeah. that sounded promising to me. Wow. So uh, I, I think. um yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It would be s such a great opportunity and really a great way for me to uh, to try something new and uh, get out of the classroom, which would be that that's very intriguing to me right now. So, yeah, good times. Good times. Have you been involved in on the other end of that, like hiring people at some point in the past? Yes. Yeah, I have. I've been on I've been on interviewing teams and like where I was I was the team members that were representative, you know, like and it was a new prospective team member. And I've been managing where I've had to interview people. And, uh, you know, I was like the person making the decision on whether or not the person got hired. Yeah. And it, it is unnerving. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I. All of the times I've done that, I feel like I was just as nervous as the person interviewing. Yeah. Um, so, and now especially, I think it would be even harder. I, and I, and you know, I haven't interviewed for a job in seven years. Uh, this is the first like real interview that I mean, I've done inter internal interviews, like to like have you know promotions or lateral movements. Uh, but this is like 
the first time I've interviewed in seven years for, with a different company. And it's, uh, you could tell that there's so much focus now on, in, on trying to be like, they can't ask anything that could be turned around to be discriminatory. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like everything is so standardized and just like, uh, but it was really, there was like, I, you know, when I talked to a, the recruiter for this company, he, and he said that they were going to move forward with a phone interview. He's like, you should spend the weekend looking at this and looking at this and looking at this. Cause like all of these things are going to help you in the interview, oh, that's uh, cool. which was, the, I mean, that was really awesome and they definitely helped. Uh, so um, and then when they set up my face to face interview, there was like a PowerPoint attached to that. Like that was all interviewing tips. So they definitely support you, uh, in, in, in representing yourself as best as possible so that it's not some, you know, just because you're nervous that you're, you know, that's, you don't interview well, just because of your nerves, they don't consider you, they really want to zero down into, are you qualified for the job? Which I totally appreciated. So that was nice. Did you get the sense that it's one of those, like the qualifications are the most important thing or whether or not it's kind of your collectively the right fit for their team or environment? Uh, well, and I, I even made it a point to say at one point in the interview, I was like, it's my responsibility to make sure you feel like I am the person that's 100% the fit for this job. That's my, my responsibility to do that. So I definitely feel like it's a bigger idea of will I fit well with the team, but at the same time too, with the, with the type of job it is, which I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there is a certain level of expertise that's going to be required that they're, they, I will need to have. And I feel like I've done a good job of representing my qualifications in that. Uh, so they at least know where I would be able to come into uh, what my abilities would be coming into the role and then what I would be able to do given the time and experience. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see it. Uh, I, I hope man, man, that would be great. It would yeah. be, it would be a good move. It, it would be in Columbus. So it'd be like an hour and a half commute, but oh, really you would, uh, yeah, that's right. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause but, Ash, Ash would be in the same position, obviously. Right. Right. So, um, but the, you know, that just gives me more time to listen to my audio books and, yeah. uh, our long podcasts I, and I, 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 yeah. And our podcast, like I can definitely like screen those while on those drives, which is nice Get through uh, uh, one in a day with an hour and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so it, um, I, the drive itself, I'm not that concerned about. And we've already talked about that if I did end up getting it at some point, we would probably consider moving somewhere more in the middle between Dayton and Columbus, hmm. uh, which is fine. So the joys of renting, you know, th that's one of the nice things about renting is that you have that ability if you need it. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you're talking about the, the interviewing process, because so I've been in the same uh, job where I'm coming to you from for almost four years now. It'll be four years in February, which I realized last weekend would, I was like, oh, that's the longest I will have been working in a place since maybe my video store job in high school, though I, I'm not even a hundred percent. No. Yeah. I was there for a good while, like from like, not, anyway, but, um, 
so soon after being hired here, I was on or involved in hiring of um, not um, not necessarily coworkers, but like sort of junior members of the teams. Um, so and it was so hot on the heels after my job, my six month job search after moving to Minnesota. It was just so bizarre to be involved in those conversations for the first time ever and realize how little it had to do with people's qualifications, at least in this case, because it was, and that's why I asked that question earlier, because like with, and, uh, it's been, I've been in that situation a bunch since I've been here and thankfully not in two, um, I haven't myself been in the position to Laura, I'm not sure what the way to put it is. I was just one voice amongst a number of them to say whether or not, and, 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 you know, the people hire definitely would impact, um, my my job as well but uh and in any event um yeah the qualifications were largely just like whether or not it was even open for like kind of like you wouldn't have the interview if you didn't have if you weren't qualified right and so from there is largely just i seem to be with us like where does this person fit in with the sort of skill sets we already have but also personality wise and who would you know who wouldn't you mind working with every day? And right. it's just like, it's so right. crazy that, that that is what th- this thing came down to realizing I'm more removed from it now, but especially right after I was hired, I was like, I was so desperate to, to, to land a job. And, uh, and here we were deciding that that fate for all these other people. And I, I did, it helped me to realize that I, must not have gotten those other jobs for reasons that I didn't see at the time in terms of like, I was like, I know I was qualified or would have been good for that thing. But it's like, well, maybe none of us would have been happy because of whatever these considerations are about the quote unquote fit. But I guess I was wondering, does that knowing that, does that help (laughs) ease the anxiety of being on the other side of that equation for the first time in seven Um, years? I'm really like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I did as good of a job as I possibly could have done to represent myself and to get a feel for what the job would entail in the company, what that would be like to work for. Um, So I, and I mean, and I still have a job now, so it's not like this desperate situation. Well, not entirely. It kind of is a desperate situation. I would love to get out of where I'm at right now. Uh, but, um, it's not life or death desperate. You know what I mean? Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like if I was in, if I was in, I've been in that situation that you were, you're talking about where it's been months without work and you've, and you've just interview and like it interviewing is like a, when you don't have a job or I think, well, no, I think when you don't have a job and you're in that desperate situation where you just need to find one, like interviewing can be like a soul sucking endeavor where it just like you're putting yourself out on the line in that rejection and that rejection and that rejection over and over and over again, just like it, it's impossible for it not to wear down on you, you know? Um, so I think having process too of the app up applying and like when you, when you're in that position, no job, like you feel like getting a job is your job, but right. For the same reason, a lot of things aren't good fits. Like you have to sort of put in all that work for anything that seems remotely appropriate and it right and it's just like oh yeah anyway yeah and i mean just like you know writing a resume and filling out applications and answering the same questions over and over again and 
um, and just really putting forward. I mean, you you start to feel like I don't know, like red at the end of Shawshank Redemption, where you're just like, oh, spoiler! I haven't seen it. I haven't oh seen yeah, it. I know. I did, have a, I done it I again? Know. I did it. Did I, I? I couldn't remember if I brought that up here or whatever. But you just like, <laughs> you just like, yeah, you're just like, fuck it, you know. And and I always feel like that when you get to that point, that's when the you give your best interview. Mm. You know, like I remember when I was trying to interview for schools going out to Hawaii and the first one I had lined up, I was, you could hear the desperation in my voice. Like I was begging them to just give me that job, you know? Mm -hmm. And when it was done, I was just like, I'm not going to get that. Like I, I knew I wasn't going to get it because I, I had not really represented myself well. I was totally desperate. And then my next interview that I had, the principal was just like really awesome and just had a conversation with me. And I realized after talking with her for about an hour, she had been interviewing me the whole time. And I, and without like asking one interview question, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then at the end she was just like, I'd be silly not to ask you to come teach for me. And that was, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like totally different, you know? And so, uh, I, I guess like the, welcome to long walk short drink. This is Palmer <laughs> talking <laughs> to me is Dave. Is uh, I, the, I there's no real anxiety there. I don't have. I mean, I I I am anxious to hear back from this company, but it there's no like pressing anxiety. It was I like I was grateful just for the interview experience. So like I got my feet wet doing that again because mm. it's been so. I mean, where I'm at now, this is the longest I've ever been with a, with one job and, you know, going on seven years and, and really just, man, it's, it was, it was weird to get back into that swing of, you know, I'm not in my twenties anymore where it's like my charm and my inexperience. Like I, I, I'm supposed to have experiences now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're in your twenties and you have like this really sparse resume like it's that's how what it's supposed to be like and and you can kind of just like charm them into a job you know and now it's like i don't i don't have that i now i'm supposed to have that like beefed up resume and and i feel like i'm out of practice on all that stuff because i've gone seven years without needing to do it so uh it's interesting yeah, well, and you're doing the the switch, right? From from kind of doing one thing to doing something that you don't have as much experience with on paper. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true too. So, um, and that definitely changes the game a little bit. But, oh, excuse me, geez. <laughs> well, it's five Man. five thirty in your defense. That's so later there. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, well, almost six now. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, man. like ten to six. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's um. That's that's pretty much what's going on with me. Uh, that's plenty. <laughs> yeah, Dad's doing well. Oh yeah, good. Um, they he's in remission. Did I? Did we talk yeah, about that? Yeah, last time? yeah, yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like how I mean, as you said, the 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 change at least in terms of how good it sort of got. Right? Yeah, and uh, it's like dealing with a new person, like a different person right now. It's kind of crazy. So I'm planning on going up and seeing him this weekend. Uh, hanging out with him for the weekend and just seeing how he's doing and uh, but he's plugging right along everything's going great he's so he's different in that he's got a much more positive sort of outlook now 
Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's not it's not all just doom and gloom with him anymore. So which it definitely was, you know, there at the beginning, it was like when he was in the hospital the first time, he was just like he like sequestered himself. Like he didn't want to turn on the TV, he didn't want to like get on the computer, he didn't want to go out and walk the hallways because he felt like he was being punished. So he didn't deserve to do those things, hmm. which is just silly. And now I guess this last time he like he uh, the, all the opposite. Like he went out of the room and was like walking around the hospital just fine and was watching TV and playing on the computer and doing all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing how much his personality has changed. I mean, if, I, I guess anybody's personality would change if you found out that you had kind of lick, you know, beat cancer or leukemia yeah so, yeah i mean it's such a terrifying uh, prospect and then to have it be on the upswing yeah and the whole yeah. you know hope so, is a is a is an amazing thing yeah so i've been uh how uh you want to do do you want to do uh stephen king first oh yeah talk oh some you know stephen it's funny I, I meant to look online i saw a commercial last night but today as we're talking whenever this might air but um air <laughs> whatever whenever someone happens across this but um on uh, amc today it's all stephen king movies oh really yeah oh i was gonna man. see which ones um and i thought about taping a bunch but then i was like do i really want like television edited versions of of these amc tv amc is pretty good though about i i i mean i i think about how much they get away with in the walking dead oh my god Last night, yeah. so you, you you have a general sense of the cultural zeitgeist around what's going on with that show. No, I don't. Like, I mean, I've seen I've seen the baseball bat with the barbed wire guy. Yeah, that's that, about that's about it. That, that, like, that's I don't even know what that guy is <laughs> or who he is or it, what's um, going on with that. Last night, so there was a big cliffhanger uh, where his character was introduced, and um. I, I don't know how to get into it without talking about it. So I don't need to too much other than to say it was the most disturbing television I've ever seen. It was really, I dreaded it for months and it was worse than I could have ever feared. <laughs> oh my <laughs> in terms goodness. terms of being like upsetting. And uh, I, I, the one thing I will say is I, I feel that with that, that show that, and that cr the creative team behind it, that I'm, in good hands, and then it wasn't just sort of psychological torture or whatever for to me as an audience for no good reason. I right. I feel as right. though they were, or I hope, but I, I I feel pretty confident that they that they were very deliberate and intentional about it in terms of the, what they did and what they showed and how both graphic but uh, intense and emotional that they made this thing and. Uh, and it was a th it was a situation that happened in the book, so people were aware of it. it was like issue one hundred, this big sort of major character death happens, and uh, and so that and they changed The Walking Dead, you know, so that it doesn't follow the book to the letter, so that there is right. like you don't quite know what's going to happen, and um, oh, but yeah, it was it was really upsetting. I'm still like I kind of it was just last night. I uh, like I said, I've been kind of dreading it. The bride is been really into it and it's been sort of imploring me to like butch it up and, and not ruin this for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And, and I will say, you know, it has to do with that barbed wire, of course, barbed wire baseball bat. And I, I think I per, have a particular aversion to to people being beat to death. I just, that's, yeah. I find especially yeah. upsetting. Um, what's wild too, though, is um, we talked about my Crow adaptation and the last panels of that comic book are like the last remaining villain that the quote unquote hero <laughs> Uh, is going to kill <laughs> and the, you see that him and this like hammer in the foreground and then the next panel goes to black he says something cryptic the next panel goes to black and uh, yeah. the way that i did that in my adaptation as a teenager was to add one more frame of my the character the hero what it's weird it's weird to call him that but swings the hammer at the camera and then it goes black and you hear a series of blows and screams landing. <laughs> right. And that's basically how this, the, the cliffhanger episode of the walking dead ended. <laughs> and here I am, I'm so distraught and disturbed about it. And I was like, I literally did this. And I was going on to the bride about how mine was worse because this, the, their, their sound effects were, I'm bragging about it somehow. So I was like, their sound effects were these cheesy canned ones. Some of them. Uh, at the cliffhanger yeah. and I was like mine were a combination of whacking a melon and a, and a ham so, so that it sounded realistic and awful and she's like do you hear yourself <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's doing that kind of thing as a youth uh, as you know I'm, I'm the opposite of immune to it I'm like overly sensitive about these things but anyway so that that just happened on AMC uh, last night I saw the most upsetting graphic and intense television I've ever seen. So, yes. So, <laughs> I guess I needed to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard. No, to, it's going to be hard for me to recommend that show now until I at least see where they go with this. That's that's fair. Uh, and and I mean, and that show really, that show really didn't pull any punches. Uh, I mean, there was already some pretty horrific stuff happening in that like the the death of lori really sticks out to yeah. me a lot yeah um and uh a lot of the stuff with the governor uh, yeah which I, I as i understand they did a quote-unquote pull some punches from what was in the books yeah but, and but but still yeah no that you know especially for a it, yeah uh it's not you know major network it is cable but yeah, it's yeah. definitely always been an intense show. The tainted meat scene, that one always <laughs> yeah. like that one sticks out of my head. Oh a lot. yeah. Oh, you got that far. That's right. I was I couldn't yeah. figure out. I get confused the way that they broadcast these half seasons as to what is the beginning right. and end of a season. But yeah, yeah. that was pretty that So was... <laughs> that's a pretty bold statement to say that it gets the most graphic that it, it, if it tops all of those other things. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> That's intense. I feel like that show just started really getting it's it's really cyclical, you know, like there's always like this bad person or who leads a group of bad people that they encounter, you know, and then they have to all like band together and like put aside their like petty differences as a group of people to protect each other against this bad person. And somebody's going to die and a lot, probably a fair amount of people are going to die. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because they keep the book going so long. It's like there has to be other things somehow. And I think that's, we're getting, I think last night's episode was the end of, I, this is my hope anyway, 
because I feel that they've been building towards that kind of crescendo of violence. To, I, I think there's going to be a before and after. Actually, well, they've said, they said explicitly, they had, you ever see like the after show, the Talking Dead, or did you always Oh, watch yeah, it? I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so that show has always been a kind of a, <laughs> you can sort of deal with what you just saw. And, um, and last night was an hour and a half live event that had all of the cast out in the, in California and the rain started to fall and everything outdoors. It was a pretty interesting and very much needed, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, palate cleanser are just like, everybody's okay. <laughs> like, well, here's sort of not an explanation or justification of what you just saw, but let's all talk about it together. And they definitely said the creator, Robert Kirkman was on and then the showrunner, um, oh, his name is escaping me right now. Scott Gimple. Uh, yeah, and then he, they were like, they said there this there this uh, there's going to be before this and after this in the show and gotcha. Anyway, I'm hoping that's the case, but I do think that the that that paradigm is that cyclical thing that that seems to always happen um, is perhaps going to shift a bit, or at least not be it always getting one upped towards finding yet a more sinister uh, person that's you know, threatening the, our group who it's hard not to, I don't want to give spoilers. It's hard to, it's hard to recommend you go back to it now though. But so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I definitely, um, I, I, I need to catch up on that show. That's for sure. I'm trying to think, I, I, I think the last thing that I saw, and we've talked about this in another episode was the, that, walled society was just starting to fall like the woman the mayor's son died and so she told rick to kill that guy who caused yeah. the death to happen and that's how it ended so uh that's the last thing i think i saw i and started morgan it, came back at the end there right the, yeah, and, yeah and he's yeah and you see the, that character who first encountered rick in the in the pilot and then we see morgan later as the kind of he's lost his mind <laughs> and then we see him kind of you see him sort of on the road it comes up mostly in like tags at the ends of shows and you're like is morgan good is morgan bad and you don't know and then right. uh and then you see him there uh, actually do, do you get to know a little bit more about where he is before that moment or did you just sort of see him for the first time and not really know still where he's at is he crazy or or uh, you're talking about the African-American guy, right? Yeah. Like, Lenny, Lenny with James his, and the son. Yeah. And I, well, and you saw him the one time Rick like met back up with him. Right. And they stole a bunch of his weapons or yeah. something. Yeah. And he kept uh, talking about going clear or he has to clear. Or he was kind of right. Right. Imbalanced. Um, I don't know. It's been so long. Like I, I saw that right after it had aired. So uh, it's been a while since I've watched any of that stuff. I really can't remember. I should probably go back and watch those last few episodes just to kind of catch up before I continue on with what I was with as the show progressed. Um, I, I, I started, uh, I guess to segue, like my television has been, um, I started at the X files for all oh, like from uh, the beginning. I, yeah. I've never, I, I never, I mean, I've seen reruns of that, but just I decided I you know it's one of those things that like was going on while I was growing up that I would have really liked I think while yeah. I was growing up but I just never was a part of uh so and it's it's really hard like the first season I think <laughs> is like really like 
it's so dated and just so um it's amazing how much technology changed everything <laughs> from like 1994 to like 2004 you know like yeah in that 10 years like because 2004 ish is around when the first iphone came out oh and wow. just how like you know and these are all taking place in like the early 90s and so just in that 10 years that 10 ish years how so many of these things were different that they're you know it would have changed like the plots of some of these oh, stories right yeah and, right uh, the, yeah because the early 90s stuff there probably wasn't that much in the way of cell phones even at all no no not at all and uh so it it uh that that's really interesting to me but yeah that's what that's where my television time that's has fun been. i've never There's actually been. watched all of the x-files but i do know i can remember i think i started once like back in the 90s when they had some released on home video and stuff and yeah there's a definite qu quality about that era of television I, one of my favorite uh syndicated tv shows is as a high is the highlander series Oh which, yeah, which became really quite for you know for genre television got to be rather good like drama. I mean, I think my I don't care for sci-fi as a general rule. Like if I just watch a sci-fi, I'm not going to like it because it's sci-fi. I tend to like it sort of in spite of that. But my favorites are the ones where it, you know it sets up a fantastical situation where then the human emotions are uh, heightened because of the so like with the Highlander series, the conceit is these the uh, immortals can't die unless they die of, uh, or wait, unless you cut off their heads and then even otherwise right. they, they aren't revealed to be immortals unless they die a violent death. And that's kind of, I think it really, otherwise the world is like the same um, anyway, but, the, but the first couple of seasons of that, or it sort of gradually gets to this like much more sophisticated place, but it yeah. started around the same time as something like the X-Files. So it has a, you know, the lighting and the, uh, it's just yeah it definitely feels like of its time and <laughs> yeah that i that's a great way to say it i mean just the just the fashion alone like some of the stuff just really takes it it's really hard to escape into it because it just looks so drastically different than now you yeah. know um i watched you know like conversely i watched american werewolf in london oh. this past weekend I love and, that movie. That movie scared the shit out of me as a teenager when I first saw yeah, it. Yeah. It like, really well, it, scares And me it's still. so good. It's just like so good. And it's got this like perfect balance of like body horror and comedy and special effect. Like th th those transformation scenes, I think still could hold up. Like they're just so well done. Um, the transformation scenes, the actual, like some of them is, well, no, even some of the makeup is still pretty good, but, uh, the, the final shots of the wolf, like when he's running, that looks a little, you can tell it's like on a crane and oh, being yeah. driven yeah. forward. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but man, that first time he transforms is just so fantastic and really well done. And terrifying, but, like that moment, it, like it all begins yeah. with it's like, Jesus Christ. And, yeah, and out of nowhere. His, like oh, he's man. just been like been bored all day and like it just comes out of nowhere and uh, screams. Yeah, screams Jesus Christ and uh, just like just falls on the ground and starts ripping his clothes off. And like and he's in so much pain, like he almost like rips his jeans off, which is like 
So you know how much pain he's in to like be able to rip that, you know, yeah, rip, I see his wolf jeans. <laughs> but like that feels that was so much easier to us. That was a whole decade earlier than the X Files, and that I feel like was n- nowhere near as dated as the X Files are. Yeah, like I felt like it was easier for that to escape into that. Uh, maybe partly because it was taking place in a foreign country, so. You know, I don't have any point of reference for their style or their mannerisms or their slang, you know, whereas the, with the X-Files, like I, I just watched one of the episodes had Seth Green. It was one of the earliest episodes <laughs> and him and his girlfriend played stoners in it. And just like the slang that they used was just like so ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I'm like, there's no way that even worked in 1993, like right. when this aired, like there's yeah. no way that worked. Uh, so... But yeah, it, I I'm I've been fiending for horror movies, horror movies, not horror movies. Horror. <laughs> uh, but Ash can't stand them, right, so yeah. Uh, I've I've had to watch them like whenever she's not around, and it's been I don't know for some reason this Halloween season I have been desperate for to watch scary movies, and I, we haven't really been able to, which is funny because. We will watch on YouTube like their, you know, seven creepiest paranormal experiences caught on video or whatever, you know, and some of those are really well done. Like they're really scary and she gets genuinely scared and I'm like, you will watch these, <laughs> but we, we can't watch. We can't watch a scary movie that that, you know, is fake. Like, you right. know, that's a movie and we know that's fake. Like these YouTube things, like you assume they're fake because they're, if there was real ghosts caught on video, like I don't think it would end up on YouTube, right? Uh, so but, it seems like it would, but I know what you mean. But it, yeah. it, it could, yeah, you know, but you know what I mean, right? Like you would, it would make more of a wave, I think, than just being on a random YouTube video. And, but there's still this like element of like, this could really be happening. Like this could really, you know, they're, they're all kind of like the, like really good found footage movies. Right. And, yeah. and I was like, you'll watch, we'll, you'll watch like one of these lists after the other with these like terrifying things. And they're like, some of them, like there's this one creature one that's like this guy, I don't know if he's on a go-kart or what, but he's like in the desert and he's driving and there's this, it looks like, have you ever seen The Dark Crystal? Oh, not since I was a kid, but I, I can picture okay. the kind of vibe of it, yeah. All right, so you know, like, you know, the, the, like, good creatures, how they're, like, hunched over and they have those, like, walking sticks and they're, like, really big, you know? I think, I think so, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, this guy's just, like, driving through this, like, desert trail, like, on this go-kart. And he turns this corner and it looks like, at first glance, it looks like an old woman, hunched over with a walking stick but then it like moves and it moves in an unnatural way like it there's i don't know any other way to describe it that's upsetting and (laughs) and like moves in this unnatural way kind of towards him and he like flashes his high beams at it and he's like trying to get it to move and then it starts this like loping kind of run with its stick like towards him and he's like reversing fast like trying to get away from it and he's like screaming and praying and oh, like God. in this foreign language and like oh, he's like almost crying and th- then it starts making noises back at him 
And he all he wants to do is get past it, but it won't get out of the road. And every time he tries to advance, it gets closer to him and like it will move towards him too. It is batshit terrifying. I don't know any other way to say it. And it's only like three minutes long. And I'm like, you like that guy could have died in the desert for all we know on YouTube. Like that that thing could have like eaten his soul. And you'll watch that, but we can't watch we can't watch Freddy Krueger. Are you kidding right. me? Like the we I, I can prove like I can show you Robert England. He's a real man. Like there is no Freddy Krueger. Nope, can't watch it. I can't do it. I'm like, huh. that is just that's crazy to me. Just so crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if it's like the the counter or the small screen or you know what I mean? Like it counts down and it's just short. Well, we clip have or... YouTube on our on our fire TV, so we watch it right on our TV. Like we oh, were, wow. we're like we're watching a television show, but it's YouTube. Huh. So it 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 is it is crazy. I'm gonna have to send you that video though. I of yeah, that thing. now I'm now I'm curious. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> it, it is it's so terrifying. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's just there's probably some subconscious thing that it strikes in me that that's why I find it so terrifying. But I, I think it's just like the de- the guy, if it's fake, the desperation in the guy's voice is palpable palpable. Palpable, yeah. Yeah, palpable. That's it. Thank you. Jeez. You had it. (laughs) Uh, It it is. I mean, he is desperate for this thing to get out of the way. So he's either an amazing actor or like, I don't know. And then the thing just starts making these like, as it moves unnaturally, it starts making unnatural noises like back at him. And it's just like, it's terrifying. Like, Um, absolutely terrifying. Let me see if I can find this. Like, I'm scared already. (laughs) <clears throat> oh here it is i think this is it let me make sure oh that's so scary oh man Ooh, shit I'm trying to steal yeah. myself <laughs> it's just the way it like it like has this loping run of oh Oh man, let me go. Control V. There's the link I just sent you in the in the chat part. Okay, it's like it's like three minutes on the button. Saudi Arabia is where it says this takes place. Says uh, here we are. It says Real Ghost 2014. We'll click play. One, two, three, play. Oh. Oh, it's dark. Yeah, you can't. That's like car headlights? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, the old woman thing. He's driving towards it. Yeah. That's not what I would do. (laughs) No. Just right away. (laughs) For sure, I would have. Oh. oh, yeah, it's weird. It, like, hobbles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unnatural is the right. And it hasn't necessarily, I'm guessing, yeah, it still almost looks like it's doing that walking stick thing. At least not exactly driving towards Oh, there it goes towards it again. That's not... What's the plan here? Oh. The noises. Oh, no. 
And him, like, he's like crying. Yeah. He's like begging it. I mean, you could hear him begging it to just let him go. Yeah. You know, like, just let him pass. You don't know what he's saying. No, yeah. If there's any listeners who can translate and let us know what this guy's saying, like, I would love. It almost sounded like you're saying reverse, but obviously. Yeah, reverse, reverse. <laughs> Maybe he was. But it just, like, it's like walking oh, so slow towards and, him yeah, and, it's... like. <sighs> oh, and the kind of head. I mean, it does have a human figure type quality to it. Yeah, but, but like, did you see when it bent? Like, its head went way lower than it should have. Yeah. Like. Oh, now it's like running towards him. Yeah, the 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 in his voice is, is upsetting. I think it starts like yeah, like went off to the side as though yeah. How does it get worried? It, it will start making noises here in a second. Oh, I was worried about that part. <laughs> there it is. Oh yeah. Oh, that was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I can, I mean, I can definitely see how it could be, you know, manufactured, but nonetheless, it taps into like a real fear, at least I have, of seeing even, a, especially a person, because what else would you see? Like, just kind right. of in the dark like that. Uh, that's a right. real, like that dream I, was it last episode or one of the recent episodes where I talked about that dream I would have where I'd see like the guy crouch at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, like, that, just blew, kinda, that blew my mind. Like, to yeah. just, like, be able to fabricate that. Your, whatever is going on in your child's brain, to be able to literally create that to exist at the bottom of the stairs. That I've never had a true hallucination like that before. Yeah, that I, sounds like the right word. That kind of, that kind of in-between conscious stuff is so weird. I Just this last weekend, I kind of sort of, I guess it was sleepwalked for the first time, I don't know, since I was a kid, or at least that I can remember, and the bride is relating to me this things that I it was nothing too upsetting, just creepy, really, because wow. I wasn't behaving quite normally. Like I was trying to leave the room to go to the bathroom, and <laughs> I do remember parts of it where I was, I was like, "Stop yelling at me!" Because she's telling me like that's not where the bathroom is and stuff. <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah so i mean that that must be disturbing to be on the other end of um i i definitely yeah oh Ooh. man yeah that's that's creepy i mean yeah and so oh. that's definitely more upsetting than certain horror movies um and, and it's three minutes long and like that's uh there's just something i think it's like i think that's why i don't get scared I, I mean, horror movies will scare me. Like, I've watched the uh, Babadook or... Oh, yeah. Babadook That's right, or whatever. yeah. Babadook, yeah. 
that that was terrifying. Like it was really scary. But when it's over, it's over, you know, and, and it doesn't it doesn't really scare me anymore. Um, these YouTube, some of these YouTube things like that, like that, that, that one in particular, that sits with me for a while because you have this, you want to believe it's real, you know, like yeah. he's like somebody took the time to take that. And, and maybe it's part of it is, is, you know, the process that has to happen to get that up online for other people to see it. Like somebody had to think that was worthwhile enough to share. You know, and mm -hmm. so that I think is enough validation that you part of you is like, this has to be real, you know, and like, and man, and then you hear that guy and like, you feel like he really saw that thing and feared for his life in the desert. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, yeah it, it, but I mean, I think that taps in though, too, to like what you were saying about you, you sleepwalking and it, you, it makes it more real. If it, if you can relate to it or if it's happening right in front of you, or if it's, or if you see it happening to other real people that do things like you do, like, like play on YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and the, the video kind of the, that whole nature of it, I guess it's like in a way, like the Bigfoot footage from way back when, where like the thing that right. make, makes it seem so real or that lends the credibility to it is, is the unpolished sort of catch as catch can or by accident kind of nature right. of it right where it seems like yeah just the kind of video that you shoot but unfortunately on your phone but unfortunately something horrible is captured oh so scary i was trying to find this uh i can't maybe the internet isn't working but i i recently heard an interview uh with this guy who is kind of like a, a ghost hunter but and he makes these documentaries but he supposedly comes at them from a position of skepticism where he's trying to debunk them oh okay um, Anyway, it, it sounded it sounded kind of it sounded alarmingly real the the things that he did detail because of his skepticism towards all these other things and the way that so I want to try and f find it. Well, I'm going to cut out the search, obviously, but um, because it seems like he's got some movies that if you're wanting to be scared and you're scared by that kind of thing in particular, <laughs> I think this will this dude's movies will do the trick. <laughs> Well, it's just like too. Uh, Larry used to always talk about how like movies like The Strangers, oh yeah, was like a trillion times scarier than anything like something with Freddy Krueger in it, you know. And I think we even tapped into that a little bit with Last House on the Left, like yeah, that that there's always like the the true crime or the real plausible crime stuff is always going to be scarier than a monster because. We as adults, we want to believe monsters don't exist, you know. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that 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 uh, the Walking Dead has gotten into, and and that it that with the thing I that they showed last night after the the, the season premiere is like it has gotten into this thing where the the walkers, the dead, aren't the aren't the thing to be feared. It's really other people and the horrors right. that those that other people can visit upon each other. Right. And uh, that was taken to rather extreme lengths. Chad Kalick is this guy's name. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. <clears throat> um, so he, uh, I'm going to send you his IMDb page. I'm not sure what the one to watch is. I think actually okay. American, no, it's his documentary. So yeah, so if you can find them, I think so American Ghost Hunter, I think is his own story, which is pretty harrowing about uh 
growing up in a in a house that was haunted. Um, and then another one called A Blood Red Sky, not to be confused with the Fantastic Live U2 album from the 80s. Right, right, right. It's called A Blood Red Sky. And that's, I think, a haunted, looks like a haunted prison or something. Okay. But um, evidently, he's got this other newer one that is has ca- captured what he believes to be like th- maybe the third actual ghost sighting he's ever seen in like his 25 year career of quote unquote ghost hunting. And he feels the only way that you can like prove that ghosts exist is, is photographically. He feels like that's, that's how it can be demonstrated. And he says most, most times and most shows are, are false. And there's, you know, here's some rare occasions where, but anyway, but, um, I heard that guy interviewed on uh, his podcast called the fighter and the kid. And, um, I couldn't listen to all of it in the dark. <laughs> like I had to, I had to wait oh. to daylight because it was really getting under my skin about the things he was he was describing. And I guess he shows them some clips. So I don't know if you do a search of Chad Kalik. It's like C, it's C H A D C A L E K. If you end up with like stuff on YouTube, but yeah, or, or any of those movies, the Blood Red Sky or American Ghost Hunters. Like I kind of want to watch them, but I'm a little too scared <laughs> to do so. Chad Kalik, you said. Uh, uh, I think Kalix. So like both first and last name start with a C. Okay. So yeah, I don't know what'll show up, but, uh, if you're yeah in the mood for other scary movies, um, those, those are documentaries. So it's all the worse, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Currently oh. on, um, well, wait, so, um, do you have, uh, do you have some other like scary movies like that you're wanting to watch yet this season? Cause we're, as we're talking now, it's a week away from Halloween proper. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing really jumps out. I mean, I've just been really look, just seeing what's available and if it tickles my fancy, then I'll go at it. I'll probably, I'll probably, I've been really trying to convince Ash that she could handle, uh, the original night of the living dead. Oh yeah, uh, the, like 1968, um, and and I'm trying to go from the angle too that you know she grew up in the Pittsburgh area, so like that you have to, if anything, just to see this is like this is where you grew up. This movie was made where you grew up, and it's like cultural phenomenon, and um, and I try to like give her the you know the all the trivia stuff that's interesting about it. You know how they didn't. They didn't see see it as weird that they had cast an African-American in their male lead. Like they didn't write the script thinking it was going to be for an African-American. It just, just so happened he was a trained actor who wanted the job. And yeah. so they gave it to him. And, you know, like the things how like he smacks a white woman in it and uh, takes a leadership role. And that was all groundbreaking at the time. And um how they did us you know at the last second they decided to change the title and because of that it screwed them out of the copyright yeah. and like now anybody could put out their own version of night of the living dead and or edition of night of the living dead and she still hasn't like she hasn't bought like bit really at any of that so uh i've been really working on it but i was just <laughs> noticing like dawn of the dead uh, my original version of Dawn of the Dead is in there. That one was calling my name. That uh, one is such a joy. I, I yeah. Think. I mean, it's scary, I guess, but it's really just so fun. It is just like it's it's just like a, a zombie romp 
one might say, you know, like, yeah, it, it, it's just like a good time. Uh, you're right. I actually, I just thought about, for some reason, it popped into my head, the opening scene from the remake of Dawn of the Dead with uh, Sarah Pauly. Mm -hmm. Is that who is in it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like her, when her husband is like chasing her down the street, when she finally gets in the car, she gets out of the bath. Yeah, like, it's like that the video we just watched a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, and like he's like chasing her down the street, but just so happens there's a woman like watering her lawn. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And he just like diverts off. It's like, right. that's just so fucking like terrifying. Like, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So, and it has that same thing where it's like, it's not the central focus necessarily of the shot. So it's all the more yeah. upsetting because it's just like, <laughs> it's just this, you get the sense of that horrible things are happening everywhere. Um, yeah. The bride was just telling me because she's, I think she wants to watch some scary movies, but doesn't necessarily, is not drawn to all of them equally or, or, but so she did found this list uh, recently of the top fifth, top 20, maybe over the last 15 years or something. Okay. And uh, she told me about it for a couple to watch. And I can't remember some, I think one of them was like the conjuring, the original version of let the right one in. Yeah. To some of she was some we haven't seen. I think we're going to watch The Conjuring on Halloween with her cousin who has kind of an annual Halloween tradition of uh, watching some some movie he hasn't seen that he rents like four or five copies from the library to, to make sure none of them scratch. <laughs> so oh, geez. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> he's very much, he's he's our age, but um, especially around Halloween, he's very like Phil Dumphy-esque. <laughs> oh, nice. About Nice. He, he, gets a smoke machine and they got a lot going on in their yard and, and now they have a young uh child who last year went as yoda and and then uh he he put him on his back i'll, I'll have to send you a picture he so he dressed up kind of like luke so it's like in uh empire where he, luke's got yoda on his back when they're training on dagobah it's oh fun. that's awesome <clears throat> and actually the bride and i were uh rick and michonne which was fun uh and uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed getting to dress up like Rick. I don't think I could do it this year for some reason, but I had just enough longer longer hair and, and a long enough beard that it it worked. I just sort of wet the hair down and got a little. Um, I know, definitely have seen shots of Rick that I feel like he looks like you. He reminds me of you, so oh, that that's was awesome. like a perfect fit. Yeah, um, that's awesome. What was it? Oh, so we're gonna watch some of those. But she mentioned it because she said number one movie on that list was Twenty Eight Days Later. Which oh. I, I always think of when I think of Dawn of the Dead, and that that one is so. That one is so well done. Like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I don't, you know, you don't. I don't know. Every time I see The Walking Dead uh, at the beginning, especially, I'm just like, did anyone else see Twenty Eight? Obviously, this guy saw Twenty Eight Days Later with the waking up in the hospital. Yeah, one. and it is. It, it is. <laughs> and to be fair, that's really where the parallels. I mean, the parallels end pretty quickly. Uh after that but it it is it, it is very jarring because it it it's almost like a direct ripoff of from 28 days later and i think it would be easier it, obviously it was probably a little easier to get away with in a comic book yeah but yeah. then as soon as they put it into a show it it really and that that one is probably that movie is what solidified my my love of the zombie genre is 28 days later and yeah because that movie was the first scary movie in a long time that gave me nightmares. Like I had oh actual nightmares after that movie. And uh, 
it is so good. Man, <laughs> is it so good. The sequel is pretty good, too, 28 weeks later. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember thinking that was better than I thought it was going to be. Part of it, part of what I love about that initial one was, to some extent, just the, the mood and the cast and, and, and stuff. So that yeah. didn't have that no, in the second one, obviously. Oh, and it, it just... It, it's just got this really small, intimate feel of like, I it, it feels desperate. Like it yeah. feels like these are the only five people that exist that are left in London, you know, or in England. Yeah. And yeah. everybody else is, is, is a zombie. And where it, or it's not even know, zombies in this, right? It's that virus, but a different kind of virus. Yeah. The rage, yeah, the rage like an virus. infected. Yeah, the rage virus. Yeah, like so the they infected. move fast and are terrifying as opposed. Yeah, to and that and was new. Things. And like every zombie movie I had seen up to that point, it was just like, and, and I, I mean, I know there is a distinction. Like they, like there are zombie purists who will talk about the difference and how those aren't really zombies. And but it, it, for me, it was a zombie movie, and it was like it was so new and different and like them running and, I, and maybe it's being a fat guy. Like that was even terrifying. Like that made it even more terrifying, you know? Uh, cause I guess in the room for a Romero zombie, like the slow, the really, their only, their only true like power is their overwhelming numbers. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if there's just one of them, you have a pretty good chance. Like you, you, you might be able to make it, you know? But I feel like if, if there's just one of those rage infected, like yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Like you could have a room full of a hundred people, and if there's one that's infected with that rage virus, like you, you're all one hundred are dead. Like they're all going to become yeah. them. You yeah. know, like because it's just so fast acting and just like so. And then you're just like they just run on adrenaline. On adrenaline, it's oh man, is that terrifying. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of that one. I, I and I, uh, I think I talked on here maybe that I saw when I was talking about seeing concert. I did see Godspeed You Black Emperor, the band, the Canadian collective play, who their song is the one that scores the scene where he does walk through empty London. And, oh and man, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great. It's I mean, if you could call it a song or whatever, but and then most of the rest of the music in that movie is kind of based on that song, but it's not actually done by them. But, right. Uh, yeah, that's and I love that. Once I finally did see the Romero movies later, I feel like the hello in that is definitely a nod to the beginning of Day of the Dead. You know, when that one guy keeps calling out "hello." Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's yeah, it's neat the way they all. I mean, I'm, and I'm sure that it's not. Well, you know what they say about the great artist steal or something, but I, I I imagine Robert Kirkman would cop to having seen that, um, in uh. 28 days later, but, um, <clears throat> the, uh, I keep thinking of this movie. I wanted to see if you had seen it. Um, it's called begotten. Begotten. It's, I guess, technically a horror movie, but it's, it's, um, sounds familiar. It's, uh, the guy I, I came to know about it because the movie shadow of the vampire that makes a movie oh. out of the scenario of the filming of Nosferatu that's presupposes that, Max Shrek was actually a vampire, uh, the actor who right. played the vampire in the movie. <clears throat> and that movie is really fun, a uh, uh, fun movie with, you know, John Malkovich and Willem Dafoe at their kind of zaniest best. And um, yeah, the guy that made that is this dude named Elias Marriage. And uh, I think that I'm, it could be, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, but he hasn't made very many movies, but 
his first movie is this movie Begotten that uh, is... I, I would never, just recommend watching the preview for it. Uh, maybe I can find that and send to you. Because, I've never seen this, but I know of this. And I think it's from you that I know of this. Like it's, I've been obsessed with it ever since I saw it, maybe 2003. Uh, yeah, it's from I, 1990. Or maybe Larry. I between you and Larry, I feel like I've heard this, but it's like I'm on I'm on the Wikipedia page for it right now. So it's I'm just a, gonna read. It's got a good. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You read that. Out. Go ahead. I'm just gonna read the the first sentence so they know what what. <laughs> oh yeah, because the description of this movie kind of t- yeah the says, story yeah do read do read that because it'll say what happens because otherwise you would never know what's going on if you just watch the, the movie the story opens with a robbed profusely bleeding god disemboweling itself with the act ultimately ending in its death that's the that's the first line the first description yeah. of a plot <laughs> yeah. a woman mother earth emerges from its remains brings the dead body to arousal and inseminates herself with its semen Sounds so. I was gonna say it sounds more fucked up than it is, but it looks pretty. Oh man, that is. Yeah, I remember hearing about this, and I think it was you that that said like, you don't need to watch this movie. Oh, did I? (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to watch it. You just need to, like, just knowing about it. Just knowing it exists. It's um, it's wild because so it and part of it is that uh, some like, it went. Part of it is the scenes like that that are staged, but it, the the um, the process through which it was filmed, I think it was something like, oh, see now I just gotta know. Here, let me. I'm gonna send you the trailer. It has a good voiceover. This trailer, so I think it might actually be good to. Hey, to wait, play. I think I found it. Begotten um, theatrical trailer. So here, let's four uh, minutes, right? So, so start started over at the beginning. Is it three fifty seven long? Uh, 358 I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. That should be fine. Okay, so ready on three, we'll hit play. All right. One, two, three. Mine's got a lot of extra black. It's Here we go. Yeah. I'm at like eight seconds. Oh, there we go. Crickets are now yeah. coming in at like 10 seconds. A spectacular one of a kind. A seductive mystery. A Rorschach test for the adventurous eye. A remarkable achievement which draws together the stories of epic literature, the boundaries of poetry and experimental film, and breaks all molds, furnishing celluloid with new possibilities. So this is a pretty low quality version of what we're seeing, but the, ca- the kind of quality or character of the images is not that much different. Um, yeah. Wordlessly recalls the spirit of Samuel Beckett's darkest parables. <laughs> it's I, I, I like it's so fucked up. <laughs> Ties together literature and... These visions of suffering give way to equally impassioned images... So all of these, like, quotes are coming from reputable magazines. And and it's not not just, like, some kind of disturbing snuff film or something. It is very artfully done. And it has this quality of, like, 
a hallucinatory masterpiece yeah. that invades our subconscious and compels us to experience rather than it has a quality of a found film of sorts of like some other civilization or, or like yeah. pre the, the the characterization of the movie a cinematic force um, that, that I saw once was like drama or whatever or English it says pre-verbal because there is no dialogue in the movie of any kind yeah metaphysical splatter film there is no denying marriage's vision that's i mean so cool seeing this preview on uh, the shadow of the vampire dvd made me seek this out and it's just an indelible movie (laughs) that uh you can't forget (laughs) startling grotesque and revolutionary points of floodlight in those places we choose not to look Brilliant, unbearable, and unforgettable. An extraordinarily original accomplishment. Makes Eraserhead seem oh, like Ernest that one made me Saves up. Christmas. <laughs> Makes Eraserhead seem like Ernest a Saves Christmas. Of lyrical That's a grotesquery. You will not forget it. No name. No dialogue. No compromises. No exit. Huh. Nobody will get through begotten without being marked. (laughs) Man. That's intense. It's a... I would call it a one-timer, but I've actually seen it many times. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, I guess, is that it is, um, I don't know. Yeah, I was definitely so primed by that trailer. And even now I see it and hear those those accolades and stuff make me you know, excited to see it again. I'm not much sure what made me, oh, yeah, I thought of it and then I looked up and, and the, the director is going to have a new movie for the first time in a long, long time. Um, and as now on Twitter and they're doing like a, a 20, 20 something anniversary, uh, edition of the, of the movie on Blu-ray. Here's the one thing I wanted to read to you about it. It says approximately eight to 10 hours of optical work, re-photographing visual treatments and filtering was required to produce one minute film. The total post-production period for the 72 minute was eight months. So yeah, it's a, you're just always aware or I was always aware of the uh, the acclaim for it when I saw it, as well as the fact that I'm watching this thing that was so carefully crafted, but seems so rough and tumble. I don't know. It. Yeah. I definitely recommend it, but not without qualifications. I mean, you got to be up for an 80-minute movie or whatever. Or was it 72 minutes or something without, you know, plot any obvious plot or dialogue or really music (laughs) that sees some uh, pretty upsetting images. This is, this, this is a great segue for beyond the black rainbow. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump into it. We really, you really could be describing beyond the black rainbow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's true. I it took me a minute to 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 really get into that movie. Like I it, it, I tried it, to watch it, and the bride wouldn't go for it when we were on uh, vacation, and then um, and then I tried to watch it after she went to bed one night on vacation, and I ended up just falling asleep. Um, but then I it, I watched it over the weekend, thinking I would fall asleep. I was tired. I'm like, I'm afraid I'm just gonna fall asleep again. But I don't know. I ended up getting. I was like, I was. I was in at that point. I also. I, I, one last thing I want to say before we, uh, I relinquish the mic for a second is. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I did not watch the trailer until after I saw the movie, and yeah. I think that was helpful because there were things that were just complete surprises to me that I would have known were coming based on the trailer. So I I tend not to watch trailers like on purpose before I see things anyway. Um, just to not have them spoiled. And this was a good example for me of it, of it paying off to where I was like, Oh, I definitely didn't see that coming. <laughs> so I think it definitely works with, I think that's a better rule of thumb. I have yet, I haven't even watched the trailer for beyond the black rainbow. So I don't know even what would get spoiled by it. But I think for these like smaller independent films, uh, or these smaller productions, that's probably a safe bet just because they're going to try to put, the most enticing things in the trailer to try to get picked up for distribution. Right. And yeah. Or just entice you to watch. Yeah. Or entice you to watch them. So, um, I think that's definitely a a good rule of thumb anyways, with a smaller production like this, but I, uh, I, in watching it, I can say like the caveat I will say is that I feel bad that it got turned into a suggestion sitting through it and and finally making it all the way through it. Like it, it I was not, I, I, I definitely feel like I was more in love with the idea of where the movie came from than the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, I think maybe, maybe me too, but I came to appreciate it. Uh, uh, and I think after reading more of the, um, like the Wikipedia page had some good information about how like the director used it as therapy. He had lost his mom and oh. in, in the late nineties and then he lost his dad in the early two thousands. And he really, his dad, who by the way, directed oh, Cobra and yeah. Rambo first blood part two. Right. That was interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and he paid for the, the production of this movie with residuals from uh distribution. What, I saw that too. I think I have this up in front of me too. Yeah. Where it, um, it's one of them in particular. I feel like Cobra maybe, but I haven't actually seen Cobra. Um, oh, really? But I've heard yeah. like it's this great mess of a movie. It It is. I, I, I even remember that from uh, a kid. Oh, no, it was produced with uh, financial, uh, with DVD residuals from Tombstone, who his dad Tombstone. also directed. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, but I like the idea that this is this he he says that every frame of this drips with the presence of his parents, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um so he kind of treated this as as therapy and all some of the things he talks about that he likes about the movie are some of the things that I think are some of its biggest weaknesses. Oh, like like the the pa- the pacing is one of the big ones where it's just yeah. like it's it's essentially 15 minutes of story told across two hours. Of, that's just this like he, which he calls like a methodical 
hypnotizing pace. And I think that's why I think you were rightly so to feel like you were going to fall asleep. You were worried you were going to fall asleep the third time. It is very cerebral and very, it does have almost like a hypnotizing tone where it it just lulls you right in the, the soundtrack. Yeah. uh, It started, it has some cool, like some cool, it it has a little bit of an eighties vibe, at least somewhere early on. And of course, yeah. the setting is 1983, which in my notes, I always take these notes like in order. So the first one is just 1983 exclamation point. And I think I thought yeah. it was in for like a Turbo Kid type thing, well, especially with that idea of it being a composite of what he imagined movies to be that he hadn't seen based on the box art. Um, right, right. That, yeah, it was totally not what I expected because of, of that. And um, I'm trying to find some of the notes like out of order. I have notes too. Let me see what I have. I, I I started really strong with my notes and then I started started notes the first time when I was drinking. <laughs> so and and uh, um, the bride saw my notes. She's like, "I saw you could tell you could tell your notebook over there. You could tell you were drunk. <laughs> it doesn't make sense." <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, when I watched it again and I was trying to figure out <clears throat> up until what point I had stopped, like or where and did fall asleep or something. And uh, I had this note that said flicker killing is cool. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out what that was about. But it was that thing where um, when the girl would kind of, I don't know, apply her psychic powers or something like that's the sort of screen would shake like the it was like the shutter and the camera would flutter and create this interesting uh yeah and she really only kills though the the one right yeah the 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 nurse the nurse whose head sort of like face seems to explode or something and i think that's what i decided was cool the way that that at least the way that that effect was pulled yeah because it wasn't very graphic because it was so like the whole frame was shuddering yeah you don't really all you you I mean, you know what happens, but it's not, it's definitely not as in your face as, and what's funny is, is it's right there. It's like the prominent piece of the frame, but because the whole frame is shuddering around, you don't see what, ha- it just like kind of just turns to black, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. Or you so, get this, yeah, you get the sense that it is like blood or something, but, and I think, I think, yeah, that's interesting. Like them, do they, they classify this as a horror movie? I do feel in ways that I th- I think it's it is like a a sci-fi horror movie um Canadian science fiction horror film that's what it says. Yeah, I I would yeah. Cuz there are parts like where the guy I don't know how we should talk to it, if we should talk about it in any kind of an order <laughs> for anyone listening to it. Um is there a good synopsis like the synopsis and for uh for IMDb tends to well, it was more like a plot that gives away almost the whole thing. Wonder about yeah. Um, or, or I'm saying sorry, I was saying Wikipedia. Wikipedia gives away the yeah. The I, I I I guess it's not a good. There is a oh IMDb is pretty short, like or at least the single line that All comes right, up. What's says, IMDb say? It That's says, probably a good one. Despite being under a heavy sedation, a young woman tries to make her way out of the Air, Air Arborea Institute, a secluded quasi-futuristic commune wow that doesn't tell you much (laughs) no but it tells you i mean yeah it's really new agey uh 
I, I, I have one, one of my notes is like new age buzzwords. Like it just starts out just throwing all of these new age buzzwords. What is the one that it uses is, um, are, uh, some basically drugs. We're going to use drugs to try to heighten your mind. <laughs> yeah. When it was this idea <coughs> that, uh, cause of the, so the movie starts out with, um, a film that I, I saw when digging around that ultimately the copyright is like 1966. Uh, so it's this kind of ad, I guess, for this Ar Arbery. Am I saying that right? Ar 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 <laughs> Easy for you to say. I can't. I can't Aboria. Get, Aboria. Yeah. This. So it's like this institute that where they are. The guys promises that they've found a way to uncover true happiness. And it's right. Like, yeah. Smacks of like kind of cult type uh vibes and then what does it go I, i'm trying to th so that shows like this whole kind of like short infomercial and then and then right. we have credits uh, this very cool credit sequence of like this of a close-up of this the pupil of an eye like repeatedly uh expanding kind of in these lap dissolves it's pretty cool i wrote down again cool synth music <laughs> Yeah, well, this to me had a really, um, I, I guess it would be more fair to say Stranger Things really gate, had a Beyond the Black Rainbow vibe to me. Like, I, I, there were a lot of parallels to me, not just even the story. I think there were some parallels in the story, but even the feel of it, it had this like, because it's set in 1983 and it was supposed to be a movie that was made back then. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. You know, it just had that like that synth pop feel to it and the um the uh I I, I don't know. I it just there were some big parallels in there. But like that initiation video that you're talking about for the 1966 initiation video, uh that had a really big lost feel yeah to me. i was just thinking of that i was trying to find the word i was like dharma it's like the dharma movies yeah absolutely um in particular that like the brainwashing room uh where they put uh the boyfriend in to try to like brainwash him back into being a proper oh, other yeah. you know yeah where all the loud music is playing and all the images are up on the screen um i can't remember I, that I, character's I, name it it really had this lost feel to it. So I definitely, there's things to like, like I, I so it, it, it made me feel like stranger things. It made me feel like lost. Um, I have the, the main doctor. Yeah. Looks, he looks like the guy that the character Patrick Bateman was based on to me. Like he looks oh. like Christian oh. Bale. From American Psycho, but yeah. the real version of that guy. Oh, I didn't know that was like a real the, guy. That's no, disturbing. no. I mean, I don't think he oh, was. You mean like but a, I'm just a saying, real life embodiment of that. Yeah, like if he would have been a real person that Christian Bale was basing the character off of, yeah. the look, it would have been this guy. Uh, yeah, I wrote down Christian Bale too. That's that was actually well. I have the, after the music it says dude driving a cool car <laughs> and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote down dad from pump up the volume. So I th actually thought that this guy was a particular actor that I recognized from the movie pump up the volume. Um, he looks like this dude. 
but and then I wrote Christian Bale as though I'd hit up hit up you know it's like oh that's who he looks like. <laughs> yeah, he does look like like an older, skinnier version of Christian yeah. Bale. And you saw the um, mechanic right with Christian Bale where he is so yes. skinny. So there was elements of that. God damn, yep. that's a cool movie. Yep, um, that movie is. Oh, that movie is terrifying. A lot of this movie did remind me of other things, which I thought was appropriate for this idea of it being suggest, you know, suggestive, suggested by the video covers of other movies. So it's like, oh, it makes sense. It would feel like other movies. I wrote down, feels Canadian, like an Adam McGoyan film or something. <laughs> and um, it is Canadian. It turned out it was Canadian. I was very proud yeah. of myself <laughs> with that. It also said, reminded me of uh, THX. I can't remember the full title, THX. George Lucas's uh, student film that became his his first movie. I think that's in the was an influence. It turns out in uh, yeah, um, and, and I, there you his some of his influences. Uh, the THX eleven thirty eight definitely. It, yeah. The feeling is in there. Um, the the Daft Punk movie or video he cites in there. Oh really? So like with the, as one of the oh in, yeah the, so the, the um, wearing that outfit uh the red kind of centurion guard type deal the sentinots sentinots right or what they're called and that like that is i mean that looks like daft punk right like right. when it's walking around so um at least until it takes its its mask off which is terrifying that's oh yeah I, yeah i think that's one of the scarier parts of the whole movie and it just kind of like stares at her and yeah um i said uh the baby and the tall red suit. <laughs> yeah. It was yep. so creepy. Um, um, I have this note and just as I'm going through and that says title, you actually get the title, not after the credits, not after the mini movie at the beginning, not after the credit sequence, but like down the line a bit, 10 minutes. Yeah. In. And then yeah. I have this note at the bottom of the page. that says, where, where do you come across a movie like this? And so I was just curious as to how, how you did hear of it and come to watch it in the first place uh netflix recommended it it was oh, on okay. netflix for a while and uh it i if i watch a movie like this uh that and i and typically this is one of the things i like about and it's one of the things that i liked about this movie even is there's no real exposition right i mean there's it they just throw you into this world and Sometimes, like in this case, I feel like you don't get exposition even at the end. Like there, you, you, it's just you see just this two-hour glimpse into this world, and right. that's it. Yeah, and you take w from it what you want. And I, I really enjoy that because then I'm going to go out and I'm going to seek more information because I want to satiate my, my, my desire to know more about this. Yeah. So. The first time I watched this, I did not make it all the way through the movie. I made it maybe um, maybe about halfway, and it was one of those I just didn't finish it, and I backed out of it, and then I never went back to finish it. But it, it was intriguing enough to me that I wanted to know more about the movie, and I wanted yeah. to know more. And that's where I you know, read the, the Wikipedia page and read the IMDb page and and found that it was in like because I I even think I did a Google search like what the hell does Beyond the Black Rainbow mean and like oh yeah that's a great and like, title and and he like the an interview with him came up and it basically had the line that uh, where he talked about how he 
always saw these movie boxes and always wanted to imagine what the movies were. And so this was supposed to be an imagining of a movie that didn't exist. That's I think that, that that's like the common thing you see over and over again. This is the imagining of a movie that doesn't really exist. And I like that really hearkened to me a lot because I did that same thing as a kid. I was not censored though. I was allowed to rent whatever I wanted. Like I I could watch anything. But I, I like movie boxes. I re- I remember walking through the video store as a little kid in the 80s when he would have been doing this. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And and seeing and like just going to the video store like I I I mean going to the movies like to, to the actual movie theater will always be one of will, will probably be in my top 3 favorite things to do. Okay? Nice. And 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 so uh I I love going to the movies, but before I was old enough we didn't go to the movies when I was growing up. Like that was a rare, I think that's why I love it so much. Cause it was so rare for that to happen. I didn't really start going to the movies a lot until I had my own job in my own car and could get there on my own yeah. to go do that. You know? Um, so before that, the only experience that I had with movies was HBO. Cause we always had HBO growing up and the video store. Yeah. And so which video this store was, was it for you? And, uh, um, well, Ritman had so many of them, yeah. you know, which ones like, do you remember, especially at that young age? Like, where did you get them? Uh, uh, Mainway, Mainway market. Oh, like that's the, the one kind of, uh, on, on the North end of town there. Like, yeah, the, yes, yes. I remember that. Uh, that's yeah. the one where I always most, uh, readily picture Pet Cemetery. When we talked about it, it looked like, yeah. to me, it looked like Mark Hamill to me. In an empire, that's where I can picture that box. There's also a Frankenstein movie, like one of the Hammer ones, that I would sometimes rent from there. I can picture and, that in their video nook, section because, like, we would go there to grocery shop, and like their video sec. Well, it, we really just went there to rent movies, but like you would go in and it, it was right there. Like their yeah, video section was right hand like, turn and right, and it was right there. Um. Pioneer, yeah. Sometimes uh, down on the south end of town. Yep. Rental I would walk time. To that one. Rental time. Yeah. I would walk down to Pioneer. Uh, I lived. My parents still live like. Uh, I don't know what the walk would be. It's only really a couple blocks. Well. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah. I don't, but I'm it's not sure. a hill. Yeah. There's that hill. But I always really enjoyed that walk. Like I have distinct memories of like before yeah. I was old enough to have a car. I would put on. Um, you know, a Walkman, tape Walkman, and yeah. walk down. I have, for some reason, I can very clearly remember listening to the Lethal Weapon soundtrack. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, um, there's a song on it that is called Lethal Weapon because it's an 80s movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great, like, it's, a, it's if you ever watch, like, that movie all the way through, like, they'll play the song. It's kind of a cool song. And, the, and on the most recent, like, Blu-rays, they included a music video of it and it's the most eighties like hair band thing, but it's like a power ballad where it's like, when you lose your love, it makes your life turn cold. When it tears you apart, your heart and soul just can't go on. No one outside 
can understand. You take your life in your own hands. <laughs> and even love can become a lethal weapon. <laughs> Oh, anyway, that's great! So no, I picture that, great. and I can hear um, Michael Jackson's "Human Nature" playing in my head. So <laughs> those are the two songs I have these visceral rem- mem- mem- remembrances of, like walking down a Pioneer to get, you know, Bloodsport for the hundredth time or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the kind of sacred memories, you know, of the video stores. Like that's not something you do you can do anymore. <laughs> no, I I just uh, I was with some friends and their kids and i said something about going to the video store and like the kids were like what's a video store they didn't even know what a video store was and like and they were like yeah uncle palmer like what's a video store and hey buddy my dog just came in hi handsome (laughs) uh and i had to like sit and explain to them like what a video store was and what you know now I mean, I love Netflix. I love having like Amazon Prime Video and all that, like these movies at your fingertips, and you just hit a button and they're there. But they're, I that's here's our long walk for a short drink. Like coming back to this, like I fell in love with the idea of this movie because I, I did that. I did what this guy did, where he like looked at video boxes. And tried with that one static image, tried to figure out what that movie was about and if I would like it. And I remember, and then if you turn them over, like there was always like two or three. Yeah, more pictures and then like the synopsis. More pictures and then the synopsis. And I was always too young to like really read it and understand what the synopsis was. So all I had were those images to go off of, you know. And just... Like, and I, and I know what that's like. I know when he described that in that interview, I knew exactly what he was talking about and exactly that game, quote unquote game that he played when he was in the video store. And that, I mean, still, even after watching this movie and probably like, it's not that I wouldn't not recommend this movie. I just don't know who I would recommend this movie to, you know, like I was a good um, person to recommend it to. I think. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Well, and, and again, because I knew you would relate to the, like, this is the movie based on video boxes. I knew that would be yeah. intriguing enough to want to see it. And I'm glad that I watched it. Um, it, it. It just, and I think that it did a good job. Like, I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, if this is the movie that his, like, you know, seven-year-old self came up with looking at video boxes, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, how fucked up was, was his head? Like, that's crazy. I have crazy. to wonder if that... So I'm looking at the thing. It's a, it's a, it says as a child, Cosmod. Oh my God. How do you say this dude's name? Cosmatos. <laughs> I can't be. I'm just going to say the director as a child. Cosmotos. Cosmotos. I, that's, I, yeah. Is it Greek? It sounds awesome. Cosmatos. Cos- yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say as a child, the director frequented a video store named video addict during these trips, he would browse the horror film selection, looking at the boxes. Although he's not allowed to watch such films during such times, he would, Instead, imagine what the film was. He would later reflect upon this experience when making Black Rainbow, where one of his goals was to, quote, create a film that is a sort of imagining of an old film that doesn't exist. The year 1983 was chosen for the story as it's the first year he went to Video Addict. Additionally, he thought the setting of such a film one year before 1984 was funny. Oh, 
Oh, this is interesting too. I feel bad just reading Wikipedia, but there's one more sentence that uh, I think worth, worth reading. It says, the film's genesis was an overlap between two projects the director wanted to do. One of these was a film about a girl trapped in an asylum, while the other was an installation promoting a research facility that didn't exist. Eventually, yeah. the director realized that he could use both of these ideas in the same project. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you remember any of the the scenarios you would concoct or, or, or any of the movie boxes that you later saw? You know, like at later you actually saw the movie, but you're like, that was one I always imagined to be about this other thing. Well, I don't know. Is it, I, See, I, I wouldn't play this exact game because, again, I was allowed to watch just about anything I wanted to. So, right, right. So you could, and, my, yeah. and my mom loved horror movies. So if it was scary movies, like all the better. Uh, so I wouldn't have to like, it was more based on these pictures. Does this movie look like it's worth? Cause you, I was only ever allowed to rent one movie, you know, like if we ever rented oh. more than one movie, that was a huge treat. Mm -hmm. And so like, I didn't want to waste my rental on something that didn't look enticing or didn't look intriguing, Yeah, you know? And so, um, I mean, there are still to this day movie boxes that when I see them, like I, 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 I can remember seeing that as a kid, like, I, well, American Werewolf for Lon in London is one of those like oh, that, yeah. that, that cover is iconic. Yeah. The two it, of them looking over their shoulder at the full moon. Yeah. And, and just like, and they look afraid and, um, I, I think I talked about it uh, on another episode, the ghoulies cover. With yeah. the like demon in the toilet, that's a really iconic one, right. and I can picture um, that. Yeah, uh, the Evil Dead Two, like the skull, yeah. like the in the that's like in semi profile that takes up the like diagonal portion of the box. Uh, that one always stands out to me. Um, Tales from the Dark Side, it's like the there's like a demon in the sky. The clouds like form the demon in the sky. Um, and there's like a book that that one uh oh i had to look that one up but like oh yeah oh wow yeah, yeah that is funny it almost looks like a gremlin actually looks yeah. like the one main gremlin uh chud chud's an, another <laughs> yeah. one that i i that picture of the like the sewer cover uh the manhole cover um and I mean, that's just horror movies. Like there's still, but those are like, often like some of the more evocative uh, yeah. covers. I mean, even that's kind of a lost art. Like I was, I was just thinking, Oh, wouldn't it be fun if we tried to, you know, in a podcast sometime, like looked at one of these images and tried to imagine like what that story could be, which we could kind of do, but we couldn't do it based on going like to like a video store and even like using our modern technology of a cell phone to take a quick and easy picture of the boxes, you know? Because you right. can't use a box of movie you have, because obviously you know what it is. <laughs> but right. like, um, you know, Netflix will change the artwork for for movies how, very often to where it's rarely even the same picture or person representing a, a movie. Um, yep, it's like a lost art, you know, that of the <laughs> of the movie poster or even the video box. I think the I think the post I think the images we are talking about more often than not of these um, VHS covers when, was when they were still using the theatrical posters by and large. Yeah. Which were more, I don't know. They were kind of, 
uh, I don't know, maybe they're meant to be seen and, and, and study. They weren't always about, I guess, especially with horror movies, they weren't about the stars. So it wasn't just like, make sure you put all these people's fucking face like on this right. poster. Right. I think most of all the ones you mentioned too, don't really have uh, a human face, like as the, as the main um, selling point of the movie. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, and, and then I, you know, we both worked in video stores and so you just, you stand behind those counters and just look out at the sea of, yeah, literally sea of just like stories. It was, it was unlike library books or something like that you, where you'd only see their spine, you know, the whole thing is to display the, the image. The box just, art. Yep. Yeah. And so beautiful that, I mean, it is, there is nothing more pretty than a well-ribboned video store. That's what Ooh. Blockbuster called it. Where like, you had to imagine a ribbon going down in between each of the boxes that would go from the top shelf to the bottom. So like, oh, so like the space in between from one box to the next box would be a ribbon. Oh, and you had to imagine oh. that going all the way down. So like it was just a perfectly aligned store, yeah. you know, and just that's so pretty looking. And then seeing and I liked always the library, like the catalog movies in the center a lot better because we would only have one or maybe two copies of those movies versus the new release where a whole wall would be the, oh, all yeah. the same cover box. The right. Same, yeah. But like going through the catalog movies and they're just being one copy of each thing. And so everyone is different and it just looks so pretty when they're like all lined up in space yeah. appropriately. And, uh, it looks so nice. We I'm were trying just, to, we were, uh, the bride and I, when we went up North last weekend, uh, we went to, uh, I'm trying to think what the town was called. It's escaping me. But there was a there was a grocery store we went into that had a video store. It said on the outside in big letters "video," and we went in, and there were. It was kind of like you're describing, not nearly as satisfying. Like it wasn't like a, you know, some kind of purposely retro thing. It was just something that was still functional in this community. And, right. Um, they had. Ghostbusters. We haven't seen the remake of the Ghostbusters yet. We yeah. kind of wanted to, but it it was out. But they had only one copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I almost couldn't just like tear myself away. I was like, I got to look. And I wanted to look at the library titles. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like um, that thing you were talking about, too, of only being able to choose one video, you know, like that that whole thing, that way of valuing the movie you did choose in some different way, because it was the only one you could watch. It's right. Such, it's like a, a, a lost, um, I keep using that word, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, the uh, this generation is now and even ourselves, like you don't have that experience because everything is at your fingertips. It isn't, it isn't, you know, like when we were talking about yeah. Begotten earlier, I was, I was wanting to recommend you watch it. And I was like, it, I don't even know where to, go to stream it but then i was like well it's maybe on YouTube, youtube but yeah. um and i suppose if you know how to torrent things and stuff that's a big uh, that makes a big difference but but well it's funny though because that has i feel like that has carried into my adulthood much to the chagrin of ash where <laughs> and i think part of it might be overload like there's too much but i will spend i feel like hours just trying to decide and i know i'm not the only one that does this but trying to decide what to watch because there's everything there oh yeah yeah and it's like you just have to tell yourself if it's not good 
you just back out and pick something else, you know, like, but I'm still <laughs> like, she thinks it's because there's so much I want to watch or there would be something else, but really she narrowed it down though, where it's like, there could be something better in the next category or the next. And it's like, you don't have to think like that when you have all of this at your fingertips, like just pick something. And if it sucks back out of it yeah. and pick something else, you know, but right. I hate doing that with movies. I like giving them their fair shake and I like giving them, you know, their time and, and, and my time is valuable. I want it yeah. to be spent on something valuable, you know, something worthwhile, I should say. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. Like you don't know if a movie's going to, going to give up its secrets right away or, you know, so, so that, you know, you're, uh, you're in for something good and they'll stick it out or if something like this black rainbow, it's like, yeah, I can, I can understand why you would have turned it off the first time around. And I kind of did a little bit, but it was like, yeah. really, ultimately I was like, Oh, this is, this was different than I thought it was going to be. And I'm definitely glad I saw it to the end. And, um, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it, I was thinking about the Netflix experience of looking at stuff or even something like Redbox, And then like the equivalent of what we're used to that, having been as, as younger people in video stores, it's like, um, it's like, you know, if you imagine it the other way around, you know, like where if all you could do is scroll through things in two dimensions and stuff, and then the ability to like, basically it's like what, like Tron or something, you go in the computer and everything is real and surrounding you, but all like all of these, that's like, that's what we used to have. And now it's been condensed into this, you know, much less, um, Impersonal. Uh, tactile or yeah yeah it's a whole there's something like i well th- there's something about like seeing that seeing that box you know and i and i am even like old old school where if the box was out the movie was in you know what i mean like oh yeah not, you I mean not like the, the, the oh, modern right. video stores where they would have the copies right behind the cover art right yeah yeah uh, I'm used to like my earliest experiences in video stores. If, if there's no box out there, then it's not in. That's so, right. And you took the box up and yeah. they gave you the video, you know? And yeah, uh, that's, you know, uh, I, I want to find a way to show a, um, a YouTube clip from mind of Philip episode where we are in balcony video. Cause um, yeah. I was thinking about that earlier and now, now we got to um, because you, the dialogue is like, not only do you get to see a bunch of like horror movies on the, on the wall and stuff, but you, I know it by heart. And you say, you go, Dustin, and he goes, what? And you call him over. Cause you're looking for, um, Dawn of the dead. That's what you came there right. to rent. <laughs> and he's like, you call him over and you're standing by the wall and you're going, looking over the, the camera sees the boxes. And he goes, he goes, do you see day of the dead right there? <laughs> he's like, yeah. And you see, oh, I can't remember what the other one, um, do you, do you see, you see this movie? I can't remember what it is. And then he's like, yeah. I don't know. And he's like, and do you see Day of the Dead right there? Yeah. And you're like, okay. And do you see the big hole in between where, I don't know, Dawn of the Dead should be? (laughs) But it's that thing. It's the big hole. Like it was an empty space. Yep. Yep. But then how would we have known what was supposed to have been there? You know what I mean? As, as in that era, you did somehow, or you just, Oh, absolutely. And and I, well, I mean, I would think that they would still keep them alphabetical, right? Like that would, yeah. But you would just want, like you, 
you knew that feeling if you were going through and you saw a hole, you knew that hole was the movie you were looking for. There's yeah. like, there's just, <laughs> it, I could, I can, I can feel that feeling yeah. right now of what that was soul. like, of like, of like going down the list and like, you're like, oh, you're going down the shelf and you're looking and you're looking and you're looking and like, you see the gap. And like, I know that feeling where you're like, I knew what movie I wanted. Like now I'm going to be here for so much longer now. Like, cause I got to try to find something else. And like, yeah. Oh, so terrible. And, and it never failed. If you went to the video store with an idea of like, if you went there with your mind already made up, you weren't going to walk out with that movie. Oh yeah. It wasn't going to be in there. That was such a, I always wanted something specific when I was, uh, younger and, and it was always yeah never there <laughs> ever ever and then you get Which into like good. reserving I mean, them and that whole thing and yeah and oh man yeah man <laughs> it's a, such a romanticized experience now like going to the movies sort of still is or can be thankfully which is it's funny because it's like like you said it's a, such a an, a non-tactile experience now but in a lot of ways like it's so much easier right like it's now it's so much easier yeah. like i think of i think of like you had to get in the car and usually it was surrounding some other errand right, that you yeah. were running you know like it, it, like going to the video store was what you would wrap up the the errands with like you would go and try to or you would start yeah because you're a like movie. oh it's gonna be gone if i don't go. yeah it's gonna be gone if i wait too long right and and so like it would get tacked on it was rare for it to be let's go rent a movie which that happened though sometimes too so maybe it's not as rare but they but were also too to... like they would be in grocery stores or other places or drug stores to where right you could multitask, <laughs> but you had to like get in the car and drive somewhere to go do that. And then you had to stand in line and you had to, you know, all of those things. But I don't know. There's something about, I loved being in, and you worked at a video store too. So tell me if you like this too. I loved being Randall, that guy to talk about movies with the customers. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I loved getting in a good conversation about movies with a customer who was there for movies, you know? Yeah. I didn't have that as much as I would have liked. There, there were a handful of uh, people I can remember and a handful of times. Um, I think I talked about it before. This one guy I think enjoyed to come and talk about it with me. And then, you know what he, he would rent. I mean, he liked a lot of Michael J. Fox movies and Dennis Leary yeah, a couple other like really identifiable people that when you like saw this guy, you're like, of course, this guy likes these these actors. He sees obviously sees himself in them, like not only like physically, but but also like with his, the attitudes and stuff they would like to have. Um, yeah, so you had that as well at Hollywood. Would you have some regulars, or would it be would it be more frequent but less in depth or? Um, more blockbuster. When I worked for oh, blockbuster, right. I had a lot. I had a lot more regular people coming in there that would just like to talk about movies. And, you know, when I worked at Hollywood video, Bart was really, she was the big yeah. movie buff. And so we would talk about movies all the time. Um, but when I went to, when I worked at Blockbuster, I felt like all the staff loved movies. 
Like we all oh, talked about cool. great movies and then there were a ton of good customers that would just come in and want to riff about movies. I I I learned about like the five-handed or the 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 five-handed exploding heart palm technique <laughs> months before that even that movie was even going to come out from a customer who was like, "Yeah, I just I I heard all these rumors and this is what's going on." And he like told me all this stuff about Kill Bill before Kill Bill even got released and I'm like I that was just in that was like pre major internet days and like yeah. all that stuff and just like oh my gosh this is mind blowing this guy knew all of this inside stuff about this movie like when I I remember watching when I finally watched both Kill Bills and like him talking I like I remember having that conversation with that guy and me thinking at the time I was like man all that sounds way out there even for Quentin Tarantino <laughs> I don't know <laughs> And then like then it happens in the movie and I'm and like I instantly remembered that conversation that I had with that guy while I was working a shift at Blockbuster about Kill Bill and how he had all of it right. Like in Yeah, you just don't get that experience. So that like all of this today is so much easier in so many ways, but it's really it's not just the tactile piece that's taken out of it, it's like that human piece where I mean, I know I've rented movies before and I, other and I have convinced other people to rent movies that they otherwise or I otherwise would not have even picked up even based on the box art. Right. Yeah. But they've said like, oh, no, you should really check that out. And like and the video store was a great place for that to happen. And it's just sad. Like, right. I wonder if there will be, you know, how like vinyl has made a resurgence. Uh, in terms of people who do want to have kind of a tactile and collective experience with music. Um, there's not, I don't know. There isn't quite an equivalent for that for movie movie collectors. It seems like, I mean, there are yeah. Blu-rays, but which are such a great, you know, like the image quality, you know, sound is, is superior, but like they're, you know, one of the things about vinyls, it's so immersive and stuff and, and tactile because it is kind of, it's the largest like form of, <laughs> play, right. you know, playing with music right. you can have and, and Blu-rays are this kind of small thing. Um, I'm surprised. I wonder if there will, I don't know. I'm surprised that there hasn't been or isn't something. I wonder, uh, really kind of feel like there should be, you know, cause even like with the movie theaters, they've done things to make that experience different and more excited, like with the big recliners and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just don't see, I don't see us going back to VHS. That's for sure. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think They're, you're going like, to go back for like an inferior quality and yeah, it's debatable um, about the whole vinyl thing, I guess, but it's definitely. But with the, I don't know. That experience is definitely lacking. I, I didn't even think about that part of it. Cause that, for me, I tend to be more shy around strangers and stuff and so i wouldn't necessarily engage in conversations about things so readily but yeah it was this kind of thing where it, when you could or when you did there was the shorthand of of these of these you know movies and that you could have conversations with kind of your people as it were or at least people that were similar to you um right yeah that is that's a bummer <laughs> uh and it and it's hard so because you don't get you don't get I, I mean, I feel like I'm really dependent on the algorithms of these programs now to recommend something that I would watch. Um, but I find that the even that gets 
like I get tired of my taste, right? Oh, like really? I want to go, yeah. like I want to go outside of that and experience something new, like beyond the black rainbow, you know, like I want, which I mean, was recommended to me, but it was recommended just because it was new on Netflix and, um, at the time. And so I, uh, I definitely, I, I think it just gets really impersonal. Like I, I, I I like that experience of somebody else saying, "Oh no, you should really check this out." And then me saying, "Oh, really? I would never have given that a shot." And then you know, sometimes it's it would be just as common for me not to like it as it would be for me to like it. But on the times that I did like it, I was really grateful for that interaction and that experience because otherwise I would not have given that movie a shot, you know. Yeah. So it's like the algorithms now are are this, you know, mechanical version of what staff picks used to be in video yeah. stores, right? Yeah. Did you yeah. get to do those ever in the places you work? Did you ever get to have like a Palmer's picks kind of thing? Um, I think we did. And I can't remember. I couldn't even tell you what some of what I would have put up there. Um, I was always fascinated by those. I never, we never had them in the one small video store I work. Cause it really wasn't much of a staff and stuff. And it wasn't that kind of deal, but it, uh, yeah, that, that and I never bought into it either to where I chose from those lists, but I always found it so interesting that you could, you know, that this was recommended by whatever. Yeah. Brad, Brad's picks and stuff. There was a great video store in Coventry uh, when we lived in Cleveland Heights that had those things as, as late as, uh, you know, 2008, nine, maybe even 10. Yeah. Um, <coughs> <clears throat> Oh, dying. Sorry. Um, yeah. That. So there's there's yet another sort of personal level stripped away because because if you did start to get into that, you you could then have some kind of like conversation with that staff member, you know, or something right. about it, and they'd be like, "Oh, you like that too?" And it's like, "Well, then you'll love this." And maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but yeah, I don't know. The it's interesting because we were talking about these kind of communal things, whereas. Uh, the movie that sparked all this beyond the black rainbow is such a isolating, <laughs> like, Oh, it, it is so isolating. It just like, <laughs> and there is such long periods of silence and, and, and moodiness and captivity. The, the next thing I wrote down is, uh, it reminded me, uh, so we were talking about going to video stores. I used to go to the movies every week once I did get a car and I would yeah. start to go to, uh, Midnight movies, sometimes when they would offer them, though it wasn't that frequent where we lived. But especially, there were parts of this that reminded me so much of when I went to the midnight screening of Lost Highway, that David Lynch movie. Oh, Um, yeah. I I thought of that a lot. There, there, it has similar sort of silent passages and stuff. Um, I went to that at General Cinema 8. I remember Gattaca was the other midnight movie I went to there. They had very few of them. The uh, Lake Cinema Eight in Barberton? No, no, um, General C- Cinema. Um, maybe it wasn't eight, but it was the one across the street from Montrose Movies. So there's Montrose oh, on one yeah. side of the street, and then General Cinema on the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that I I had like sort of flashbacks to that experience on Lost Highway. Even to where later in the movie there is that kind of POV of a car driving into the darkness, with just the headlights and stuff. Yeah. But those really saturated colors and things. <laughs> Sorry. I was looking ahead at my notes. The next line was Christian Bale guy is infuriating. 
He, yeah. <laughs> his strange, irksome affect is explained a little 35 minutes in. Oh, when he takes the pills and the walls melt behind him, like Gary Oldman, the professional, but less awesome. <laughs> yeah, way less awesome. Yeah, I just found the, the way that he talked to like everyone's so condescending, the way his kind of tongue would sort of stick forward, and he's that, had no time funny, for anyone. My next note is right around that same time in the movie when he comes home and he's like, his yeah. wife's like passed out on the couch. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's like, how long have you been sleeping? And she's like, I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> I was meditating. And I'm just like, good one, lady. That's... <laughs> Nobody's buying it. Nobody's yeah. buying it at he all. He does that he like condescending sleeping. thing with his mouth. I mean, he's so irksome and condescending. And when he's talking to the girl in captivity, he's like, you don't know what you are and all this. Yeah. My confidence comes from knowing what I am and all this. But, um, but any, yeah. So the, like the interesting thing, like moving forward as, as it moves forward is like, I thought he was that guy, which obviously he's not necessarily. Which guy? guy. Uh, well, so I thought he was this irksome, like Patrick Bateman oh, yeah. type of just douchebag. And it turns out like, yeah, so if I'd have stopped watching, I never would have known. Um, so, uh, what does it say? Oh, so I, I did have this note when we were talking about the visual design. I think my last kind of note on on that are things that reminded me of this very kind of Kubrickian type of sim- symmetry and and forced perspective and all that, and the the lap dissolves and stuff. So I mean, as you're watching, and it's like. You know, the bride found it super boring. For me, I was engaged because, uh, you know, obviously it was something very vi- carefully visually designed. And so, you know, there's some, uh, I was going to say joy to be found in that, but that's not the right word. <laughs> you know, it's captivating and hypnotic in that way. It, it sort of helps, I guess, in, in that yeah. sense. And that's that constant, um, like I tried to put into words, but like it was that pulse of like just sound that wasn't really music. I mean, there was this kind of music, but... It's atmospheric. It's like an atmospheric yeah. soundtrack. That's that's just... a good, yeah. And that kind of eraser head thing where the this yeah. sort of constant rumble. There were times when it reminded me of um <laughs> in that kind of oh, geez. way. Which <laughs> Yeah, no. But um, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so we think the dude is this kind of like you know, uh obnoxious yuppie douchebag and and then we see him and i I wrote down gravity defying face melting in hell (laughs) and him crawling out of the black circle and ooze and vomiting screaming pretty damned creepy like that's so what what was it that happened in that like he was what was that's a flashback (laughs) so all right so the to tie back to the opening scene which is like the promotional video yeah and trying to find this new way of happiness, of yes. achieving happiness, right? Uh, he is his protege. This is, so, like the main doctor right. okay. is that old man's protege, and what you're seeing that whole segment is a flashback because it flashes back to 1966. Yeah, right? yeah, that part I got, but I was trying to figure out like what. <laughs> so why is he going he into basically, hell? <laughs> uh, well, he's given LSD, like mind-altering oh. drugs. And he's tripping, and it makes him crazy, essentially. Uh, oh. And so, and he never recovers from that, from 1966, like, when he does that. So, like, the woman, oh. he is the the main, like, the founder's wife. Yeah. 
that he kills. Yeah, when he comes out of that state. Um, right. Oh, wow. So I, I didn't and, realize he was tripping. I just thought that that really happened. <laughs> no, I think that's all like, it's all part of this like new way of being happy. Like this, he was going through this method that the doctor went through and that's the, the girl's mother. Right. And yeah. like, so, and that's where, how they get this girl and keep her in this thing is because she's the founder's daughter. But then they, they put the that mother. baby into that bl- black vat of hell too. Yeah. Like, so th- what does like, that imply? They gave her LSD as a baby? Or yeah. Like-, like, so she went through as a baby, went through the method. And instead of making her crazy, it gives her these psychic powers. I'm assuming. Like, wow. So do you think it was really some kind of black pool of just stuff, like more like a bath or something that he put into under, yeah, LS- I, under I, the influence or LSD? Or I think it's definitely more metaphorical than it's supposed to be literal. Um, wow. I think it's like, it just represents like, I, I, I don't know. I kind of took it as like the, the pool of the human psyche. Right. And so, and, and he came when he was faced with that, he went crazy as a baby being faced with it. She literally transcended to the higher level he was trying to achieve. Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, because, um, because she's quote unquote, a tabla rasa, she can handle that transcendence. Whereas us, you know what I mean? Like that, that's my take on it. I could be way off. Yeah. Well, no, it's cool that there can be. (laughs) Yeah. I was looking at what the sort of synopsis says or the plot as it was in, uh, uh, Wikipedia. And it does say, Something along those lines it led uh, through a procedure that's meant to allow him to achieve transcendence. As part of the procedure, Niall was submerged in a vat of black liquid, providing him with hellish, otherworldly visions. Niall emerged from the vat insane, fatally attacking Mrs. Arboria. Wow. Yeah. They, um, I, I my note looking- is literally like the flashback tripping sequence is so effed. <laughs> oh, that's your note? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's my note. It was truly really like, disturbing to me. And I was just looking here down uh, further on the Wikipedia, and it actually says this: the flashback segment of the movie was inspired by Eli's Marriage's experimental horror film, Begotten. <laughs> what? No shit. Yeah. I think it might be more the visual style of it. This yeah. high, what they're calling high contrast black and white. Oh, yeah. It looks like the guy cops to it, or I mean, he says it was a perfect look for the flashback because I wanted it to feel like a fading and decayed artifact. Yeah, that's yeah. That is what begotten feels like this kind of artifact that you find because it's so distressed the movie from all the processing and stuff. But uh yeah, I mean that that segment was very um striking to say the least. <laughs> uh Yeah, it and then you well, see him put a baby into the thing like shortly thereafter. Yeah. That's what I put I was like he put a baby through what he experienced. I put all the huge letters. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, but I mean, it's not him. It's the founder that puts right, the baby yeah. in there, you know? His so own baby. Oh my God. His own God. baby, you find out, like, you, or you figure out. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, my last note on that, well, we're we're not there yet, but like, that's, that's like the tipping point of the movie, right? Yeah. That flashback scene. Yeah, it starts, starts to happen. <laughs> yeah. It, and so like after that, that's where the doctor finally... He he starts embracing his psychosis. 
I think. Yeah. Well, that's and, what that's what I thought, and I thought it was real too. So I, then, uh, when he peels off the wig and you see the glue, and it's yeah, like, and it's like stringy and snotty and just yeah, like. Probably. And my next note, my my next and last note is right after that when he comes downstairs, and his wife says, "Barry, you're not wearing your appliances." Right. And it's like appliances like what does that even mean know, like that's that's why i thought it was real because i thought like he went into that thing and came out because when it comes out of it like you don't see because it it's all covered in the black gook and stuff yeah no i think he did lose his hair i think he did like and he did like damage his eyes and oh, like, okay so like there I, I mean i i oh i see what you're saying so i i think there was physically a pool there that he did get into but i think it like I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because it didn't affect the daughter that way. I mean, she has hair. No. she has, Yeah, you're right. She has hair. <laughs> but again, if she's like a baby, maybe it's just the shock of him facing what he had to face. That's what caused him to oh, yeah. lose his hair and caused him his eyes to like dilate and not like yeah, it's undilate. So, and so creepy. Like, I mean, he looks like, I wonder if there was a model for, you know, at least subconsciously or consciously that... Uh, you know, if that kind of bald eyebrow hairless figure, if that was some yeah. something that uh, the director imagined from one of those video boxes, and if so, which one? I mean, like there's elements of like the Nosferatu vampire because he even has these like kind of it almost looked like he had kind of claws or the pointed fingers on the, the one gloved hand. Yes, we're oh, was gloved. Yeah, okay, well yeah. that would do it. Yeah, um, and because he gets out the suit, which I feel like he just kind of grasped for like eighties things because there's like a shot of reagan in one point where she's watching reagan on television oh yeah yeah and then he gets out the leather suit that he's going to put on right and right it's it's it, the name is noriega like which right wasn't yeah. there like a that was uh, to do with the iran contra stuff right yeah exactly and so uh so uh there's that and he's got the knife that he calls like the devil's teardrop or whatever. right yeah like, that's fucked up so messed up and just and then he he crushes you oh, know you know sorry i have a nick i, I don't want to let that slide by because i wrote a note that says the knife the devil's teardrop should be a that was my dick's nickname in high school <laughs> <laughs> that was my dick's nickname in college college sorry teardrop. yeah yeah college. oh that's a perfect one I know, that's a like perfect a, that's a that's yeah. a halloween edition the devil's yeah teardrop. absolutely the devil's teardrop <laughs> or my nuts or anyway yeah <laughs> oh that's classic drops. anyway that's gross but yeah i, I thought of it because i was i knew I'd, we'd be talking about this movie and i was like oh that seems like it could be something so, so sorry you're saying about the no it, it just like yeah noriega is like a it's just all the i felt like there were just like these 80s elements and i don't it and it's still interesting like are these what he remembers from being a child in the 80s or um I don't know. It was just interesting to me that it, it it had this. I don't. There could be, I guess, a leather company called Noriega, but it just had an '80s feel to it when you heard that. Well, you yeah, know? and it was also, you know, it 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 says 1983 when it starts, but it feels like this. It doesn't feel for sure like it feels like kind of no time and place or like more somehow future yeah. or, or something because of the sterile environment. And then suddenly, which and that's all you're used to until this point in the movie. And I have this note about oh, those throbbing drones never stop. Sounds sexy when you say it like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Of the 
the pulsing kind of the, that music thing. But then, so I said, have rainbow pipes in the real world. So that moment where she breaks through or comes through the window and she's in that, um, it's a really high shot looking down as the, as the girl es- starts to escape from the facility. And you see this thing that for the first scene for the first time in the movie feels like somehow like the real world, I guess, because they're seeing yeah. like stone and, um, weather, I guess, you know, like you're seeing that. Yep. And then the, I thought it was so interesting that the, the pipes were painted like a rainbow next to her. Oh, probably like with the title, I guess. But even so, it's a it's a bizarre thing that I don't think would. Yeah, but he even he works the title in when he's when he's killing his wife. He's like, right. Yeah. She asks him like he is he, beyond the black rainbow because like, that's where he's describing where he found his enlightenment is right it, right it's, oh it's yeah like, and that pool is it's like black. going beyond yeah. the black rainbow is where i found it or whatever i think right, is how right. he kind of like describes it but so it makes sense maybe there's some rainbow kind of imagery created around that because it is ultimately you see it, it's like this big greenhouse in a way um yep and well and it's like a self-contained world so they could yeah. be anything in that world but as soon as she comes out into the real world that's where because the the big jar for me is when it cuts to the two guys in the desert, right? Listening to like the heavy metal, and it cuts right to that. I mean, from that like you've listened now for about an hour and forty minutes to just that like thrumming pulse, yeah, of a soundtrack, and it cuts to this really jarring like metal music playing, and it's it feels weird, like it it yeah. it's so it's such it, a Juxta- yeah, because you're in this trance, and then suddenly that trance is like broken. It's totally broken, and it's just like two normal dudes. Nobody in the movie up to this point has been normal, right? Like even the nurse, who was the closest thing to a normal person, was still not normal to me for some reason. Yeah, she yeah she behaved but, kind of strangely, and she was definitely in that world and had yeah. And, and then it cuts to these two dudes listening to heavy heavy metal music and drinking beer. Like literally, that's all the can says is beer on it. They call and yeah. smoking they cigarettes. Said that was some kind of nod to um oh shoot to something Repo Man Repo Man. I haven't yeah. seen Repo Man, but I that's uh, all of the food that they have they consume in Repo Man is generic. So it all says like beer on the can for beer, and it says like. Like dog food, it says dog food on the can, and uh, and and then I was, I think I, I'm confusing. I had historically confused Repo Man in my mind with something that it's not. Like I think I thought it was a sort of famous black exploitation movie, when really it's like Emilio Estevez, right? Didn't we talk yes. about this recently? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find the word that they called those guys. There's like a, it must be a Canadian term. For the dudes sitting around the campfire, I can't find Heshers, it. Heshers, I think, is what. Yeah, is that, what, is, is is that, that something say? that that's like a Canadian phrase? That is the. Yeah. I have no idea what that. Uh, what does he say here in the Urban plot? Dictionary? A Hesher Reebok wearing mulleted person in Ashenwas jeans and a Judas Priest T-shirt who, at the yeah. age of twenty-eight, still lives with his parents. That's <laughs> them. That that's so. who those guys are. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then that... Um, but they're just like two normal guys, which is also like a huge, like, it's a jarring juxtaposition, you know? Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Suddenly you're in the... It's, it's like when the... when For me, that begins when she comes out of that... that uh, oh, she passes that mutant type thing in yeah. the full body. I, what did I write down? I wrote down 
pretty sure I'm going to have nightmares about the decaying full-bodied straight-jacketed guy. Yeah, that was yep. upsetting. And and like, what is that? Like, is that... So I was thinking too, uh, yeah. So and that's we, a mute. Like in, on the Wikipedia, they only call that a mutant. A mutant, like yeah. It's like a, yeah. Oh, um, oh I, th- I wrote that as nice touch that the book jacket graphic that we saw earlier, one of their kind of self-help books, was also a poster on the wall in the office. Like, oh, really? It was a nice kind of continuity, I guess, of that world to where it was like, you know, it's a similar design, but not the... Anyway, I thought that was a nice touch. And then I wrote, oh, I see, dot, dot, dot. She gets out, exclamation point, beyond the black rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. That's why I don't do real film criticism. Classic. But then I had, yeah, the much, a lot more lost highway imagery behind the wheel. Such an unexpected turn. The violent deaths and the uh, shift tone slash scenery of the dudes at the campfire. Especially yeah. when that thing was like suddenly he was so obsessed. Like, did you fuck her? Like, yeah, that seems so disturbing and like out of nowhere. Well, and I mean, and that's I, and and that really it culminates the whole movie is he's lusting after her, right? Yeah, like he, I get that he, now. He, <laughs> I guess <laughs> he wants her. Like he that that's what it boils. Down. I mean, when the nurse finds his notebook, oh yeah, and it's just like. And you realize that's what he's been keeping his his daily meetings that he has with this girl. Oh. He's writing in that book over and over and over again, right? Right, right. And then when the nurse finally like sees them, all they are are her naked. It's drawings of her, like explicit drawings oh, of her naked. I didn't and get like, that's what that was. I was so puzzled by that notebook at the time. <laughs> that's I didn't like his leather his. bound notebook that he keeps yeah. on his lap, like while he's talking to her. And it's right. And so. Oh. It, it, it that culminates like he can only assume now that that other men feel the same way like as as dirty and lurid oh, right. as he thinks about her other men m- must have taken the opportunity to fuck her if yeah. they were given the chance because that's what he would do and that's right. what he's trying to do and and that's that's what i feel like it, it all is boiling down he's trying to set up this point where he can just have her like he yeah he he essentially killed the nurse because she caught on to what he was doing right yeah or and she, then he oh yeah because he basically somehow had her kill the nurse by forcing her right to write right her mind powers right That's and then bullets. kills <laughs> <laughs> how about the power to kill a yak 100 yards away <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, that's telekinesis kyle <laughs> how about the power to move you <laughs> oh, oh man so good uh and then he kills his wife he kills the doctor you know yeah he, over- he ods the doctor and- that's right yeah who seems so to he- want that or no I, I i think he just wanted to be high again right okay. you know like he i don't think he wanted to and he trusted him to it it looked like it was something that they had done multiple times like yeah like he had helped him, quote unquote, helped him right, get right. high multiple times. And this time he just took it too far intentionally. Right. Because he was. So he cleared out. I, I feel like he had cleared out everything, all of the obstacles. And he was finally ready to make his move. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, yeah. Do you so think it was, gross. Do you think it was spurred on by being found out with the notebook or do you think he planted the notebook? The notebook seemed to come out of nowhere in a way. I think he crossed the line when he had the nurse killed. 
like when he had her kill the nurse, essentially. Yeah, that was the beginning um, of like. That really was the tipping point, I guess, if you would, because that led to the flashback or it was right after the flashback when that happened. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, but I can either. And it seemed I, like he was sort of testing her, gradually testing her powers or something as well. Yeah. And like, uh, it's just gross. I mean, it, it, it's just knowing the notebook and knowing that was how he reacted when he encountered another man who may have seen her. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, oh, I mean, that notebook was disgusting. Like yeah. there's just like an overlays of things. So like when she would put different layers on, like different things would happen on the pictures and the drawings, like, oh, so gross. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's weird after the whole kind of protracted thing, like it definitely comes to a close in a very abrupt way. <laughs> yeah, I well, and again, like I feel like you spend like an hour and 40 minutes getting there. And then in the last 20 minutes, everything happens. Like yeah. she escapes. He catches up with her. They like have those crazy like uh, Heshers, you know, out there and they uh, they all die. And then it's yeah, over. he kills them like violently. And then it's so weird. Like, so I didn't realize too. I thought he basically just tripped and fell and hit his head and died. But then I read oh, yeah. online and it says like she kind of kept him, held him in place from yeah. coming more close to her. And then right. maybe trying to escape that is how he tripped. Just so bizarre. Um, that reminded me of Lost Highway in, uh, too. There's, a, have you seen that movie? No. Um, well, it's not too much of a spoiler because, I mean, it's something that happens. But there is a thing where somebody, tri not a major character even, uh, trips and um, like their head goes into a glass table and that they die. <laughs> and, and that's how they die. And they're kind of stuck there with their head in the glass table. It's like, I don't even know if it's something you see on camera or if it's, just, it's like a scenario that people walk into. Um but yeah, that uh, it was just such a bizarre thing because obviously you can just slip and hit your head and die, but for something to happen in a movie, it's a it's yeah a very no, and it was and clunky. well, and especially when again you feel kind of ripped off because you're like, I spent two hours at this point in this cerebral mind fuck yeah, uh, like you want a culminating fight, like you want to like. You want him to have maybe some powers and they were kind of like fighting back and forth or that would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Something. It, I mean, it's very anticlimactic. Yeah. Right? And, like, and you never the, it would have been nice even to have that kind of movie type thing of if they're gonna if it's going to go to that place of such simple motivations and stuff, like let's let's hear what they are, you know. <laughs> like right. let's have them like shouting back and forth. It's like right. I always wanted to fuck you. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want you to fuck me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> <laughs> that's never gonna happen well let's end this movie right now <laughs> oh man yeah um i did like when um you know after that moment happened and i sort of I was like all right because that's that <laughs> i like the that last image of her kind of crossing the looking over the street and kind of as though she were going to finally enter civilization that was a night i was kind of a cool closing image and i really dug the song i wrote it down because i want to look it up and buy it i think the it's called Anonymous. Okay. I wondered if it was a 2000, if I wondered if it was a new song then, because this was 2010 when the movie came out. Um, 
or did you watch the after the credit scene? Yeah, and they had the little toy. What did you make of that? Where the sort of see, and that's where like that's where it messes with your head because why would there be a toy of the Sentinel? Yeah, there, you know, like, (laughs) and is that something that she encountered then in the real world in one of those houses? Or I, you know, what I want? I want a movie about the Sentinels like that because it like. The first time you see it, it just like sticks her in the neck with something, injects her with something. Right. And it's and like there's a room blows. full of them. Yeah. F- or and is that like just suits. And and then the second time you see it, it doesn't even want to interact with her. It just like takes its mask off and is like, uh, creepy it looks baby. like <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, totally would have been. There, there was a lot. I don't know how to say it. Like, again, I just don't know who I would recommend this movie to. Yeah. It's interesting if you were in the, uh, you know, the video store role back then, like you would probably know someone based on the other movies that they rented. They they probably dig this. Um, well, and I mean, and it really just came up in our conversation just because I knew that you would appreciate where the movie came from. Like, yeah, this I think is, we were talking about video based, box art or something. Yeah. Right? And, and I was like, and, and, and I, and I know that you would appreciate that. Like you, like the guy, and that is where it, it, so if it's appealing, if that idea is appealing to you, a listener, definitely check the movie out because I feel like you can definitely watch this movie and be like, yeah, I could see where this is a move. This could be something somebody would come up with based on the box art. Which the box art for Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's not that cool. <laughs> it's not that great, right? It, no. And it's not the movie that I would... It's not that, what I would have thought, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I guess I did see it. Ooh, beyond science. Beyond sanity. Beyond yeah. control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like <laughs> I like dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It's... I don't know. So if that sounds appealing, I guess check it out. Definitely check it out. I'm not disappointed that I watched it, but I just it's it's one of those movies that you're just it's definitely a mood movie too. Like you got to yeah. be in the mood for it and it is all about mood. Um Yeah. Ugh. All right, let's wrap up. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's wrap up with uh some Stephen King talk. Oh yeah. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. What are you? Where are you at with your um, your Stephen uh, King consumption? I am right now in Under the Dome. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, you were telling me. Man, I forgot how good that is. It's just like so good. I don't know. It, like without just giving it away, it's just great characters. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of recurring themes. I'm interested for you to get deeper into your Stephen King and... and uh, see if you feel the same way that he there's just recurring things that happen and sometimes they're 
but they get refined each time he uses them. So, hmm. um, like, and this isn't too, too spoilery. I don't think, uh, in, so in the, in the book, needful things, there is a pair up that happens with, uh, kind of like the, the main, not the main villain, but like a crony. Mm-hmm. And uh, a man who is a member of the small town's government that they end up getting together to like work on these tasks. And they're, they're, it's like this odd coupling, basically. And they, they bond over drugs. And um, like the, the younger hoodlum kid kind of turns this person who you would not expect onto drugs who ends up really taking to them and liking doing the drugs. Hmm. And that happens again in under the dome. And it's like this, this odd coupling happens and they, and it's this, again, it's a small town government official and this like hoodlum bonding over drugs. And, but that relationship while it's like, almost verbatim the same even some of the lines are almost identical wow that happens it's a much more refined version of this relationship um so it it's just ash even commented on because i've been carrying my ipod around and really just popping my earbuds in and listening whenever i have a chance and oh because you're so into it yeah because i'm so into it that's awesome like and just really digging it, man, is it good? It, it it's just this, it's this really, um, it's it's a group. It's what Stephen King does best. I mean, you see it in, uh, Needful Things. You see it in the Tommy Knockers. You see it in Under the Dome. You see it even in. I think he did it as early as, uh. Salem's lot where it's just it's this small town put under very extreme circumstances and how that small town politics are affected or, or drive this these circumstances yeah and uh what that entails and so and I feel like under the dome is just this it's this culmination this this like ultimate refinement of that and just there's this huge cast of characters and they're all put under this like extreme circumstances and how they all play out with each other. And, and really to think that it's all centered around a town that's smaller than Ritman, you oh, know, wow. and like, and just growing up in a small town and knowing and seeing that happen. It's it, yeah, it's, it's all very intriguing to me and just really so, so good. It's kind of more so recent, good. right? Like I want to say, yeah, two thousand eight or, or two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think. Uh, okay, and and that was made into a TV show that did, or, yeah, which, or miniseries, um, or um, a a TV show. I don't know how many seasons though it had, and uh, the TV show is drastically different. Oh, not drastically. Like the, it's very sim. The circumstances are very similar, but I. The show did not engage me as much as I thought it would. 
Um, and was he involved in it or it doesn't? Yeah, he was. Really? He was. Yeah. Um, they had to make definite changes uh, to make it TV friendly. You, you can get away with a lot more in a novel. That's one thing that I've, I think that I've learned in going through the Stephen King books is I think some of the stuff that, and I'm not saying you have to be so graphic and gory, but like some of the stuff just is unfilmable, mm. you know, like, uh, there's a great example from it, but I won't spoil it for I you. I know there's so much I, I have, I don't feel yeah. like I've encountered some I feel of those like upsetting things yet. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like some of the shortcomings in his adaptations, like in his film and in television adaptations, some of the shortcomings come from their inability to go as far as he's able to go in detail in the books. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because there there's no way you would get it past a ratings board. Holy like cow. you know, like there's no way it would it would be able to happen. So, um, well, if ever you get caught up with uh, Walking Dead, you'll <laughs> you'll be uh, <laughs> what, what what they put on TV last night. <laughs> oh, it's uh, I mean, it's the kind of thing you have seen in like movies, but I've never seen anything like that on television. And wow. the movies would be like an unrated. Like I can't believe they did it. It was so funny wow. that in the after show, like people were cursing a couple times, and Chris Hardwick who moderates the the show, I mean, I don't think it's given too much away to say this because that it's very well. And by the time you would get around to it, anyways, applied. He's he's like, you just watch someone get their brains bashed in, and you can't handle the f word. He goes, "Fuck you!" Oh man, <laughs> he was just sort of like, "If you can't handle it, you know." But yeah, yeah. But it is weird though. Like our culture is such that this live television event, you can't say these words. But it's literally hot on the heels of, you know. What, what, yeah. what some reviewer, I guess, called today nearly pornographic violence. Oh, but that's I, so. I mean, in terms of though, faithful Stephen King adaptations, I suppose that kind of uh, <laughs> thing being shown. Well, that's reassuring <laughs> now that they're moving into. I mean, next year starts the Dark Tower movies. So, oh right, yeah. Well, and um, with television and streaming and stuff like that, I mean, you can take that. That those, I guess. Has it been done yet where um, like a book is, is made into like a streaming series that because you couldn't have the time, you know, to kind of go through it all? Yeah, uh, not that I know of. I mean, it definitely I'm, I'm sure there has to be something by now, right? You would think he seems to be a good candidate. I'm sure they'll do it with Harry Potter someday. Yeah, um, I would imagine but it, it definitely. It, no, but I can I, I would agree with you that that would be. I would love to see Tommyknockers done right. That's one of my favorite Stephen King books. And that's a that's one of those small towns under extreme circumstances, supernatural circumstances that had a miniseries oh. that I think did decent. Um, but I would love to see a you know a 12 to 18 episode miniseries like television show of the Tommyknockers on Netflix. I can't imagine what that would look like. I bet it would be amazing. Though. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause that's such a great story. And, uh, the characters in that are just so fantastic. And, and just, and that's really, I mean, the, the circumstances are just the vehicle to show these characters interacting with each other. Yeah. Right? And, and like the struggles that they have 
dealing with each other you know right and yeah that's what um, i think i was saying earlier in terms of like with highland or whatever where it's like that's the kind of sci-fi or supernatural things that i enjoy most is the ones well i mean for horror or whatever i i like i love like werewolves and stuff <laughs> um but otherwise it's like i want to see that i want the circumstance presented by the supernatural to enhance the sort of stakes of the of the yeah. human um, relationships and interactions. And right. that's, yeah, he, he does that wonderfully, obviously. And it sounds yeah, like, and, it, and, I, and I mean, and you see it over and over and over again in his work, even the mist. I mean, you could argue that that's, that that's exactly what the mist is, you know, and oh, I'm less familiar with that one. Is that, that, is that the Ron Howard made that? Or am I thinking of something else? Uh, no, Frank Derenbont, I think made that. Is that the, Oh yeah. Um, that's the one they get trapped in the in the supermarket. Oh no, I'm not. I, I guess I don't know that one. I, I um when I was when we were talking last time, I had it up on uh, uh, Wikipedia, but it was something like um there's an, a story in Night Shift in, the, in that collection that Darabont made under he might have been the first like Dollar Baby movies or whatever that Stephen King okayed, and that was his directorial debut. It was like a short film. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Which one was it? He directed the about the, the the mom, right? Like, yeah, where uh, the mom the is man, dying, and yeah, the man who brought flowers. Yeah, right. yeah, and uh, Larry, I think, told me this story. Like Frank Darabont sent him that, and Stephen King, when he saw that, he said, "This guy's going to go places." And then later on down the line, he ended up directing Shawshank Redemption, and then The Green Mile, and then he made The Mist. Yeah, and. Uh, the mist is if you have not seen that yet, the, no. it is it is terrifying. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I mean, absolutely. It's it's probably one of the best horror adaptations of Stephen King's. Um, I, I mean, Frank Darabont. He's in my opinion, he's the only one that has successfully adapted Stephen King. Because you have Shawshank Redemption, you have The Green Mile, which both of those are relatively, as far as Stephen King goes, those are easy to adapt. Like they're great stories. And there's not really anything outrageous that happens in them uh, that is is not befitting. You Even know? like with yeah. Kubrick, The Shining and stuff like that. Like the well, and I don't. I mean, The Shining is so Kubrick Shining is so far off from. Stephen King, like even Stephen King says that. Yeah, even I, Kubrick has said that. I, 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 can you explain that better? I, I. I don't see it as much, or I don't see. I was like, to me, they feel the same. I mean, there's some stuff not represented, but well, like Stephen King's big argument is is that Jack Nicholson is crazy from the first frame of The Shining. Oh, certainly, and it the seems whole so. Point, yeah, the whole point of the book is that he's made crazy as by the hotel. he spends more yeah. by the hotel as he spends time in it. Oh, okay. that's. I mean, that was like his biggest complaint is that. Jack okay. Nicholson played that character crazy from the very beginning of the movie. Um, yeah, I could see that. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Which is true. I I just heard something about that movie that blew my mind that I never thought of is that there it is implied that Jack in the film version of The Shining that one of the major theories is that he was molesting his son. And that's what it all really is about. Whoa. Is him molesting his son. Like I never, never would have pieced and never thought that in all of the times I've seen that movie and watched it and watched all the other like 
the theories about it when that one came up i was like that is way i never would have thought that but they use um, it you know like they find justification like they did for like the moon landing type stuff and all that yeah yeah like i um they just talked about how that was what the because they were if the video was who the hell is the man in the dog costume in the shining what is that and oh, then i forgot what that is. is that in like the picture of the people or uh it's when uh shelly duvall comes up the stairs and she looks over and you see the guy is in the dog costume giving a blow job to the old man. Holy shit. I have Do you remember I, that? I don't remember that part. That like sounds the, uh <laughs> the dog like sits up and looks at her and then the like then the old man like comes into the frame. He was laying on the bed <laughs> oh, and God. Yeah. So in that video though, they were talking about how that was one of the recurring that that helped support the idea that Jack Torrance was molesting his son through the whole thing misery mm. that's another great adaptation oh. like there's there's great adaptations but i think like i think darren bond is the one that really got and understood stephen king the best like there's definitely diamonds in the rough pet cemetery amazing adaptation totally terrifying i mean just fucking scary i'm i'm actually excited for you to get to that one because i can't wait to talk about that oh, movie cool. when you watch that movie on this show like outstanding on this i'm well like, right now i'm book one like chapter 23 of the stand so oh man yeah you got yeah. a ways to go yeah like uh <laughs> how's that going though Are, like, uh good yeah i mean i um i you know it's such a big book that i can't like just put the whole thing on my phone Right. So I have to, I get delayed sometimes, like today I did, where I have to try to load up enough that it'll fit, but not so much that it doesn't sink. And so to where, uh, anyway, so so sometimes I'll get like 15 minutes. I didn't realize it's only, if I have 15 minutes out of the what will be a good two-hour you know round-trip commute. I'm just like, oh, oh. yeah. And, uh, sometimes I'll load up for the way home, but I, I tend to listen more in the morning for some reason. But um, I'm starting to get a better handle on the cast of characters, I think, at this point, where it felt like yeah. I was just being introduced to this person and this person and this person. And um, now I'm starting to remember at least, oh, there's the, like the guys that, the one dude gets thrown in jail. Um, oh, there's so many things. <laughs> I can't remember yeah. his name, though, but it's like the guy that was part of the crew that was... um had a he had a name for like when he killed people he poked them and they got poked oh yeah they got poked right? poked yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's like that not the guy that said that and got killed but the dude that survived or, uh so he's in he's in jail and talking right now i'm just remembering that, that there's the other guy in jail who almost got the deaf guy almost got beat to death and it's like there's so many people <laughs> to keep track yeah. of and there's certain ones but, that i track better like i remember the one the girl that um her name isn't Nancy, is it? Doesn't seem like she seems like she would be called Nancy, but no, I think is it is it? Nancy. Actually, oh, it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know why that seemed wrong. Like it was from the movie Halloween or something, or yeah. Um, but anyway, so her, I, I think she, for some reason, something about that whole thing reminded me of the main character, female character in Salem's Lot. So I think it was something to grab onto the um, the musician whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, that whole song just broke. Like he just started yeah. getting famous. 
Yeah. And then like, that's so tragic. I know, right? Like, right. Well, I mean, and I'm still he, kind of on the the well this I don't know if the sickness has touched his Is he is his name Larry something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um uh and then um so that that story was uh, that part I was tracking that quite well the deaf guy I liked that one but some of the and then I just in the because I was having to do some backtracking you know like when you read something and you're not quite sure where you stopped yeah <laughs> or, or yeah. like realize you've been reading but not paying attention for a while and have to go back yep I, I sort of have that experience with the audiobook sometimes if I mess up the forget where I left off in terms of what I was listening to because I did listen to a book in between or started one with the bride the Patton Oswald's book about uh being addicted to movies, which was where I guess we're halfway through. It was really fun. Um, but anyway, so I had to restart. And so I heard twice this, the the chapter where Randall flag, is it right? The, the man, yeah. but yeah, like the sort of dark figure as they're calling him was introduced. And that was a name that I had heard attached to the stand. That's the first like name that I recognized from like the canon of famous Stephen yeah. King characters. I was like, Oh, I know this person is somebody. I think it's because I, in part, um, Randall from Clerks, I think I heard Kevin Smith say that that was one of the reasons he liked that name. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Uh, could I did not that know up. that. But so, no, I've definitely been, uh, I've been enjoying it, um, but not necessarily plowing th- through it as uh, maybe sometimes I was, uh, when I get to work in the morning, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to it. Nothing but this on the way home and stuff. And then whatever I for- forget to sync and, and don't yeah, have no, it, on the phone. It, it, it is a dense one. And I, I can tell you once all everybody's introduced, it starts to become a lot easier to keep track of the characters. Uh, once they start interacting with each other, because it sounds like they're still all kind of, you're still getting their, their backstories on how they get to where they yeah do run into each other. So, um, I know any of his big volumes like that. He just throws you into that world and it's all exposition, exposition, exposition. And you're trying to keep track of it. I love like I always get lost on the I think he did this in Salem's lot. I know he does it in needful things. He did it in under the dome where he wants you to understand the geography of the location. So he'll uh. like. Tell he'll basically give you an auditory map right. of the place, and like I always get lost in that. Like I can't visualize what that town looks like, um, even with his great descriptions of it. So yeah, I'm terrible I, with I, geography in general. Yeah, <laughs> like I just don't, and so I I know in. I know though once you get to that point, once they started, it'll be a lot easier to keep track of all of those characters. Um, man, that's a great one. Yeah, Definitely I always heard that. One. That's one that. Uh... And even in the introduction to the, because I think I'm listening to the expanded version, he talks about this being, at least at the time, is you know the book that people, when he speaks and stuff, would tell him that they liked most. But this would have been like in the early 90s, I guess, when the expanded version came out, I think. Yeah. So it's still pretty early into his, relative, you know, relatively early into his super long career. Um, yeah. Oh, there was something else I wanted to mention about it, but I can't think of it now. Um. Mm, shoot, I think I was hoping to bring something back around and wrap it up too, but I couldn't think what that would be. Oh, um, before we go though, I uh, what's your stats with your with your cigarette 
um oh smoking app. yeah jeez the smoking yeah, man nah. in, in x-files can't help your uh cravings <laughs> oh no actually my cravings are have been not that terrible recently which has been good so um i have not smoked for 112 days nice. uh, going on 113 days i've saved 573 dollars and 63 cents and i've not smoked 1912 cigarettes all so, right uh 112 days it's and still and still going still going strong i feel like every day it gets a little not every day every time i think about smoking it gets a little easier to not think about it that's awesome does that make sense yeah yeah, i think um, so even you know when i was at the like i don't know 60 day mark or whatever when i had like i i definitely had not smoked for a long enough time uh and I would have those days where it was all I would think about. And, you know, Ash would ask how it was going. She always was good about knowing when I was having those bad days. Oh, she would always good. ask about it, like around those days, you know, yeah. like not, if not specifically on that day, like maybe the day after or a couple days after. And, you know, she'd ask how it was going. And I, I would always say if I had a cigarette, I would have smoked. Like my pride was literally the only thing keeping me from not stopping and buying a pack. Um, and then it would be a few days, though, I would still be thinking about it. Like, it would still just, like, pop back into my head. And now it's, like, when it happens, like, yeah, that's weird that you're thinking about smoking. And then I just move on. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't keep recurring over and over and over again. Like, the gaps in between those are are becoming more and more infrequent. That's so, awesome. It definitely is. Oh, when, excuse uh, me. When you mentioned uh Ash just now, I was reminded of, I've been thinking about, you know, we talked, we've been talking about a certain amount of episodes kind of log or whether it's a season or even just a head start and putting them out. It seems like as we approach this number 10, there's certain things that have come up that we've actually worked a lot of them in, like Black Rainbow being one of them. And um, I thought I'd try to get your sense of it too, of the remaining ones. Um, but uh, I feel like the the segment of the sort of Palmer's couple pick Palmer's picks as a couple yeah. be interesting, but it might be an interesting way or wait. So when you do that, you're always doing it from a streaming service, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'll have to be an interesting talk about the, cause I used to, um, uh, and I actually just happened to see Krams last weekend. He was coming through Minnesota, but he and his wife used to do this thing and they may still do it. No, I don't think they did. Cause they recently dumped all, all their, dvds and stuff too but um they would pull them out they would go to the their library kind of home library and one or one of them would pull out several options it's, it was similar but they would actually yeah. like pull the box out a little bit like a book slightly away from a shelf type thing and then the other one would go and make the decision from there and so for a minute i thought oh we'd get to have this discussion where to see if if the if the video art weighed in on uh Cause which one is it? You pick them out. No, Ash picks them, and the, the you narrow de- from the pool. It depends on who, uh, who did it the last time. We've alternated now. Oh, okay. Where like, she's done it a few times. I've done it a couple times. Where one of us will pick. We'll say here are the three options, and then the other person gets to pick one of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we should definitely do one of those. Um, okay. 
or if we can, that was one of my ideas. And then I think probably cyborg should be discussed at some point because that keeps coming up. Oh yeah, no, I have to watch. I did not get a chance to watch cyborg, but I will. Uh, we do. You're right. We do have to talk about cyborg, and probably this week I will get okay. a chance to watch cyborg. So that <laughs> for be the very next fun. One we can do that. Uh, um, well, I guess we sort of. I think we kind of petered out at some point. So, and I think yeah. some of this shop talk would could easily go for just. Engagement, but if you, engaging listening. But if they made it this far, this has been Long Walk for Short Drink. That's right. Episode, what, episode seven now, right? Episode, yeah, episode seven. We are now beyond the black rainbow. <laughs> beyond the black rainbow. Let's go fuck up oh. some Heshers. Heshers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's classic. <laughs>